and artists, blessed love will never party the Lord from the start. Me tell them, say, I don't see it. I shot Paul and Sasha. Come sing for them, baby. out the room please It's five o'clock. Go ahead and tweet out the room. Let's get some people in here. We got the little vibes going until 5.05. So tweet out the room, get some people in here, and we can start the conversation. 
Hey, James. James. <laughs> James. I'm busy tweeting. I'm busy tweeting out the room. What's up? <laughs> Happy <laughs> Friday. How What's up, you? James? We got catharsis. What's up? Oh, yeah. And if you want to come speak, feel free to come up. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Oh, hello. We have a fearless few coming up. Hey. Hello. What's up, everybody? Nothing, just waiting for some people to pile in so we can get the conversation started. I had to do homework for today's episode because um, James made me read Youth's white paper. <laughs> You should know what's up with that anyway. <laughs> I should. It's it's literally what I do, so I should. Catharsis came back. All right, let me post this this room a few places, and then we can get the conversation moving. What is up? What is up? Sorry, I got rugged while I was trying to <laughs> while I was trying to unmute. It's all good. Hold on. You got the... Wait, hold on. It says soon, so right, James. So when you... When you tweeted out this face, it said soon, right? I don't know why it does that. I'm just taking a little bubble at the bottom right and retweeting the damn thing. (laughs) See, I don't have that. I don't think I have that. That sucks. Yeah, that... That's because Twitter rolled out different updates. So some people have that, some people don't. It's crazy. Some people have downward thumbs as emojis you could throw even. Oh, I got I got those. See, I don't have any Yeah, you of got that. the hundred you got yeah, same. You got the hundreds. Thumbs. Listen, they don't you get the petty hundred. people thumbs yeah. down. They don't want the petty people no. to have thumbs down <laughs> because I'll go and beat everybody. I'm just Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm gonna get kicked off my own <laughs> stage. Nah, nah, nah. If someone's throwing thumbs down, you just turn your phone upside down. Good to go. I like this way this guy thinks. The uh, we had him for like a week, and then they disappeared, and all of a sudden we're back to the crappy ones. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need to turn on my um my Android and see if it works on there. I'm on an S22. We had them literally. It was one week, and then they did another update, and they were gone. I mean, why? They're beautiful. They just need to leave it. Maybe it was causing issues on spaces. I don't know. I saw somebody in a space two nights ago, and they had black hearts, and I thought it was oh, the coolest thing. I got thing. that. Damn oh, it. That. If Hold you on. touch the heart, you might have that one. They got they got the black hearts. Are there. Yeah, the black hearts are there. Nah, I've got all the lame colors for me. It's just like red to... No, you could change your color. You just hold hold it in, Saggy. Here's it. There you go. Hold it in. Oh my god, that's amazing. 
All right, everybody, it's 504. Let's give one good retweet out for everybody. This is your job. If you come early, this is now your job. You're the early people. You have to tweet out the room. I might screenshot, start screenshot. I'm, I'm a little petty, so I'll start screenshotting. <laughs> she'll, she'll be thumbs down in all of you. <laughs> so if you come in early, you never know. You might win something. I don't. I might. I really would like to start start doing to early birds, like just giving away stuff. Maybe it'll have people come on time. I don't know. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Now incentive, incentive to come on time. Y'all know what time we start. All right. It's five oh five. Hey everybody, it's Fashion Friday. Welcome. Here with Clubhouse Archives, I I got I announced that I have joined the Key Society today. If you haven't seen, it's my pen tweet. I'm gonna share it to the top because I'm so I'm excited. You you just like having things up in the jungle. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna show off. You see, it has my little logo in the back. So now, if you want to join the Key Society, go ahead and click those links. I have a few links up there. You can definitely mint it. But I'm excited. I got my little jacket. You know, it has the OTC Club on one shoulder. That's that's my show I do with Christine Barnum. We, we've been doing it, you know, for about two years now. And then we have SSC, which is Stakiana Social Club, on the other sleeve. And in the back, it has my logo. And it says Stacky. And it has the, you know, the little fingers, pow, pow. But uh, thank you so much. For my jacket, I love it. Of course, it's going to be a number of things: um, wearable and, and a physical. And we're making Matthew. A, I'm making Matthew a smoking robe, so he can do his. Uh, oh, I his can't Lebowski, wait. His I Lebowski can't impression. Matthew is a red. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We haven't decided. Wait, yet. I'm just messing. I needed to be red. I, I needed to be a, a smoking jacket or a smoking robe. Like I needed to be there. I, I was imagining uh, he was in the he was in the Hamptons. I think it was it might have been a couple of weeks ago, but he said he was wearing a robe, and I just imagined like the him looking exactly like Lebowski. Like it just it was a moment for me. It's I not think, you're not wrong at all. Sorry, that's I the wave. Do it. <laughs> that's the wave. You got to do it, Matthew. For real. I need to. I, see I mean, I, I love it. Like a good old robe just makes me happy. Uh, yeah, I need to see you in it. I would love it. But I'm anyway. sure Bruce has a picture or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a sec. I'll find one. Yeah, Bruce, yes, please send it. All right, everybody, we can get the conversation started. Uh, you know, if you if you want to also, if you haven't uh, read Ute's white paper, I do have a copy of it because it was my homework today. So, uh, <laughs> James, you want to get the conversation started? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't think this is, I mean, well, apparently some of it is news to, to some people. Um, but, you know, Utes is an interesting project on Solana that's, um, if you don't know anything about uh, the gods, dead gods, I would take a look at what they're doing. Um, really interesting um, project, but they're they're launching something called um, the Utes. And if you read the white paper, um, you will actually see that it has something to do with, um, or at least a little bit to do with digital wearables. Um, they reference uh, multiple times in their in their paper that they are going to allow you to 
hold IP over traits. So I thought it was really interesting as I kept, I read through it. I read through it a few times. Um, and the interesting thing that stuck out to me is they're going to give their holders a period of time to create. And so let's say if I created a, a varsity jacket or um, a hoodie or whatever, right? And I did this early on and it gets adopted into this platform. I hold IP over that in perpetuity and I will get royalties on that because I created that. So they've created a trait-based royalty system, um, whereas I'm pretty sure these are going to go on avatars. That would make sense. Um, but the, the other interesting thing, if you read between the lines, is this is only for a period of time. Beyond that, it sounds like they're going to they're gonna open this up to larger brands. And this is why I wanted to have a discussion. I want to see what people caught and what people think um, about this, because I'm indifferent about it. I mean, there, there's a huge upside, right? Um, and then there's, then there's the opportunity to get overshadowed. So if they let big brands in, I think the brands can then either create their own items, right? So like Nike could come in and do an artifact drop or they could brand these items that you've created. So this is where it gets really interesting for me because then it's like, if that's the possibility, I mean, that that really, really puts weight back on and benefit back on the original um, IP creators. So I don't know, I just want to open a discussion and start there. We'll get into Izu and, and M&Ms later on. Um, but, um, I, I think this is a really interesting project. I, I mean, I, we applied for it, obviously, if you go to our, our page, um, you can see the jacket packet that we made. I'll probably pin that up to the top as we're having conversations, but, um, stack, I'll kick it back over to you. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. I don't know if that's what you realized that that was, but that's why I said definitely read up on it. Cause it's pretty interesting. I think it could be huge. So no, uh, the one thing that out that interests me, it wasn't even in the white paper, was what everybody was po the posting the use po posted posts they had posts like um, I don't even know what it was it real was it not real was those posts real because you had somebody like Vitalik is now on the youth list so I wonder was that just marketing it was just a joke a meme shit uh, I don't know I didn't see that one <laughs> did, did, Vitalik was, has did he get accepted supposedly he got accepted to the youths <laughs> Did it go? Did it link back to his page? I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't it's even know that's got to nah, be uh, uh, that they definitely. He definitely Yeah, they're like the ultimate engagement, like farmers. They know exactly how to do it. That's definitely not like a real thing. And then I also feel like earlier that week it was a whole uh, Twitter Spaces with a ton of people in, and and the one guy sounded like he was off cocaine. So you know. Um, <laughs> I was just saying. I felt like that was a part of marketing. But like, hey, was it? Yeah, yeah. Who else is in that? That I know exactly. Actually, the the odd thing. Here's what's odd. At first, I was turned off. Right, I was just like, dude, this guy's like off his rocker. It turned into like a therapy session. Cool guy. Love his face. Um, I, I kept going back. I've been back every night since because I'm like, what is this guy going to say next? Um, but he, I think something was going on that night, Stacky, because I'll be honest with you, he's been really toned down since then. So I, I really think something might have been up that night because he was like all over the place. Uh, Adam, I saw you throw your hand up. I didn't know if you had a comment. 
Yeah, I was on it too. I apologize. I'm at the gym, so it's kind of loud, but I was just going to make a joke. Maybe he was a uh, uting or something when he was on that call the other night. <laughs> oh, he was, he was uted up I'll tell you that, <laughs> right now. I mean, I was like, I was just like, I couldn't like, I was like fixed. I couldn't even understand what he was saying. Like I, I stopped almost listening to what he was saying at one point, just to like, see if I could really pick up on, on maybe what he was on. Cause it, it got crazy. No, I, I was on that call too. And, um, you know, I believe in, you know, everything that Frank's doing in all seriousness. Like he got a long time ago. And honestly, I kind of just forgot that I had it until maybe a week or two ago. <laughs> um, but did anybody, how do you happen to, uh, did anybody happen to see that Frank's tweet from about 20, 30 minutes ago? He said something's coming out tonight, the big announcement. So it sounds like they might, uh, sounds like they might announce the mint date for uh, Utes tonight. I, I think they announced it, right? Didn't they announce September 2nd? Or am I oh, wrong in that? Oh, did they? I just saw that. Yeah, they did. Oh, nice. I just thought that there was a tweet from maybe 30 minutes ago or so that said something's coming out tonight. He's not sure what time, but uh, they glued to Twitter. Yeah, yeah I was giving out financial advice, and uh, their dust token apparently is pumping pretty hard, too. But because it's releasing on the second, we might see a really interesting uh, growth of that if you guys are looking into it. Oh, jeez. And I saw that the uh, – so I think the all-time high for dust was uh, – like right around six dollars and twenty cents or something. So I'll be interested to see if that uh if it breaks that all time high. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, for those of you that aren't that have no idea what we're what we're talking about, if you if you head over to um, website, you can read the white paper. Um, Frank to Gods, if you if you kind of look up um, that Twitter handle as well. Um, I, I would look into this. It's a Solana based project. Um, and if nothing else, these guys are marketing geniuses. Um, the way that they've they've done this um, is just incredible. But I've I've heard this guy speak, um, and I'm a believer. You know, I'm I'm one of those that that likes to really hear the individual speak before I make a judgment either way. Because I've looked at projects from from the thirty thousand foot view, and they look dope, and then you hear the person speak, and you're like, this person can't tie their shoes. Um, so, you know, typically when I hear a founder get up there and speak the way this individual does, it's, it, it just holds a lot of weight. Um, they did have an underlying asset in terms of the, the dust token, um, already in use. So I think for me, the other strong thing about this is there is a, there's a currency ecosystem there set up, um, before this, which which makes it even more interesting um, for me, because it's I, I think this thing is going to be um, wildly successful for a couple reasons. A, Solana's already proven. I think, um, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't isn't De Gods now like in the top five or three or something crazy? Yeah, it's number five. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I thought that, which is just. You know, I mean, as as someone that was an ETH maxi myself for a long time, you know, I got a Phantom wallet. I applied for this. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be minting this um, if I don't get it. So, um, you know, it's not financial advice. I'm just saying I would do your own research and definitely read that white paper. Um, it's really interesting. And if you're in the doodles, um, it's a lot like uh, doodles too, and the and the duplicator and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just my take on it. I don't know if anybody else had any thoughts around that or if they'd looked into it or, um, I mean, I know Adam spoke up or, um, but that's just my take. I will be sweeping the floor as you're minting. 
we got exit liquidity being provided all the place. As as that, people say, as people try to crash uh, sell under the floor, I'm so. That's mean. what the that's what the stacky means, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in uh, finance and trading. That's me. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm definitely stacking. Um, you know, taking people's bags from them and, and flipping them for a fi- for a financial gain. But um, except for the ones that I I do hold long and I I have uh, they have value. Which is, well, you know, I, I got a question for you and for everybody, but on this, I mean, seriously, like, what do you think about these big brands? Though? This is the only thing that concerned me. I know everybody loves Frank. I love, I love the project. But what happens if Nike comes in and like, I, I, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, is that, are they going to get all the sales or like, are we going to get that IP or are they just going to kind of take this over? That's, that's my concern. I don't even know. Matthew. Off of what you're saying for what it potentially can do, I would say the key would be to develop as many digital shells as possible so that Nike has to just shove a brand on top of the shell that you've already created. Like, it's an opportunity potentially for designers to create, like, you know how there's only so many ways to drape a dress or cut a pant. Like, if you're digitally going to be able to do that within this space and you cover the gamut, and you just happen to like get the right group of people within that small like space. Every, excuse me, every major brand that'll come into the space will have to use your shell because it's already been developed, and they can't exactly recreate it in so many different operations. Like they might have to change folds or whatnot. But overall, it's going to be easier to just have to work with you already owning the IP for, say, a bomber jacket or a pair of pants, a classic chino. But they're going to have to use your digital rendering to then have to overlay whatever extra content they want on top of it. I guess where my head goes, and Stacky, you and I have talked about this before about gatekeeping. I, I agree with you, Matthew. That's that's where that's what I initially read from it, and then I started thinking: Does that give the advantage to someone like me, or someone that's in the apparel game that can just dip to their archive of, of assets and and quickly? Um, pardon the pun, by the way, um, and quickly um, kind of roll that into this. Or are they going to be like, uh, we've approved three years. Nope, we're not approving the rest of these. So that that's kind of, that's where I get tripped up on this. Like if they already know they're bringing major brands in and this thing's pumped to, to high hell right now, um, you've got to imagine there's conversations already going on. So it just makes me a, a little nervous because from a creator standpoint, you know, like if, if an artist has an advantage because that's their thing, like they should have the advantage. But I almost see this as, as being something where where they might not let that happen because I, I thought exactly what you thought. That was why I reread this thing like five times. I'm like, am I reading this right? Um, because if they're really allowing people to come in and and, and throw assets out like that as IP traits, um, there seems like there could be some advantages there for people that might already be set up to do so. That's That's just my personal thought on that. It's for those who are first in, you know, like whether it's going to be the brands that are first in because they'll have an inroad or have someone that's already developing for them in the space doing this or pre-planning. But it's all about, you know, that contact and sort of being able to know that this is an opportunity, take the advantage for what it is, and then kind of, you know, operate because there's going to be another one next time. Go ahead. 
sorry like in my head it's all just media migrations like it's always going to migrate from platform to platform so it's like if you don't get on in on this one look towards which one's happening next because that's going to be the next opportunity and now you know better for the next one and i'm curious i'm curious to see what a lot of these brands that are coming in are going to do next because i know um i know we know adidas is building something behind their their uh fashion you know look at puma puma Yes. Puma really is the one right now. They're yeah. diversifying like crazy and oh. at a reasonable price point. You know what? I forgot about Puma. So I recently saw Puma. Just today, I saw Puma. So I, I have to really look into that. But when I They're saw doing Puma. doing like four different platforms. It's crazy. Okay, we're going to have to talk about Puma. What's up, Mary Beth? Well, I actually want to talk about Puma. What are they doing? So what is the process of joining the Puma community in Web3? They're my favorite sports bra, so I had to ask. <laughs> I love Puma. I love their sneakers. <laughs> their favorite sports bra. Let me know this this sports bra too. I might want to grab one. <laughs> I buy them at a bulk. I think they did a thing with 10KTF. I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, 10KTF is one of them, and then they also did one with um. Oh God, it was one of the cat ones. Let me look it up. Lazy lions. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did do a Lazy Lines thing, didn't they? I, f- I almost forgot about that. But they did something recently, too, that, that they just launched, I think, a whole... Did they did they just do a drop, Matt? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. it just came out. Uh, they released a token, and then... Oh, shit. Sorry, it's in my notes somewhere. I love that you have notes on these things written down. I'm in the process of writing an article about it, so I'm, I've been researching <laughs> So what is what is the process like for example for anything you get an NFT you join the community what are the special I don't know is it just metaverse stuff is it digital as like other digital types of assets um or is it I mean cool discounts but what is really dope because for me, I'm, yeah, I'm looking ahead. it up. I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to figure it out as well. I, because I mean, they've, I'm looking at their. They've got a roadmap and official links to their Discord to their OpenSea and looks rare. But they've also got their roadmap, and it talks about being a Nitro Pass token holder. So there's a mint for that 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 happens on the 28th or or no, that happened today actually. It says 26. Maybe it happened early because Matthew said it already happened. Um, that's got to be used by the 28th. Then they've got a product reveal, an experience launch. Um, it looks... I'm trying to see if there's like product. Oh, so it was Caplock Studios. Ah. So they did a Caplock Studios, uh, who's one of the designers of Kids Super. And then he. they also did... Man City collaborated with Puma Football as well as they just switched their name to Puma ETH. And and I could see now I was looking this is what I was looking for. So not until Q1 do they have a physical product claim site open, which I think is really interesting. Why that's a that's a really long time for them to set something like that up, but I guess I guess you can't get anything physically until Q1 of next year. Um so from now until then it's a lot of they're doing something in New York Fashion Week which I'm sure will be Interesting. They're calling it a future grade uh, digital experience, um, and that's everything to do with this Nitro Pass. So if, apparently, if you pick up a Nitro Pass, you're like you're into 
all of the experiences that they have um, and utilities that they offer. That's that's what I'm saying. Like if if they came out, you know how Yeezys have pre-sale lists, like if you sign up, like if Chanel had a limited edition of something like a boy bag um, and they, you know, you can either figure it out at your local Chanel or Neiman Marcus or whatever. But if they did a, hey, our holders of this pass, okay, and I'm sure that would be super expensive, um, that's a cool perk to me. Like I don't, I, for me, when it comes to fashion stuff, unless it has to do with designing or customization that other people don't get to do or first dibs on the most limited edition stuff i just have i have no interest like that's so i was just kind of addressing you know the big brand aspect of it yeah i i agree um <laughs> that's why i was like it's a long time for them to have their nft out and then you've got to wait like five six months to get anything physical in terms of some product that they already have it's almost like sometimes I look at these big brands that come in and I scratch my head because I'm like, you've got, you're sitting on a gold mine of products, whereas the NFT can provide value now for things. They could ship product tomorrow if they wanted to. So that's, that's the only thing that's really interesting to me. But, but I guess, I, I guess if they're looking to create a whole new line of product, maybe, but I'm not sure. Um, I guess it was Matthew and then Michael. Matthew, go ahead. Oh, shit. I just totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh, it totally has something in my head there. And then it just fully, as soon as I press the like unmute, I just, I, I, I wiped your, it wiped your mind. <laughs> well, listen, you could, you could, uh, I'll give you a minute there and I'll just jump in. I was just going to say, think about what Adidas uh, did, right? Adidas, when they minted, uh, they offered basically a hoodie, a tracksuit and a beanie and it was 0.2 ETH. So it could be, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a history here with big brands tapping into this space and how they activate it doesn't mean puma will do that but that's what adidas did yeah i i, I like i adidas is one of the only ones that i don't have beef with obviously nike i think is king here right they acquired um they they artifact. made an acquisition yeah i mean they, yeah, they made artifact. an acquisition yeah it's like that was just fucking brilliant to me i mean i i'm, I'm gonna stand by that until i mean they but look they've also made 185 million dollars off of nfts and the next closest was like double digits. So it's not even close, right? Like obviously they were they were the smartest. And then Adidas, um, I, I they've been the they've been the most obvious in the way. Like they've already shipped a tracksuit, right? Or they're shipping a tracksuit. I mean, not exactly the colorway I think I would have chosen. I, I, I'm gonna die seeing people walking around NFT NYC um, in an all green or neon green tracksuit. Um, so I don't I don't know how. I don't know how practical that was necessarily if they really want the, the people to kind of wear it, but um, they still, at least to the point, right. They made something practical, not practical. They made something physically um, and they got that out there. So I I just, yeah, I'm, I'm a little curious to see how some of these other ones are going to roll in. It's almost like they're not paying attention. Matthew, it seems like as if you got your thought back or maybe not. Oh, I did. I did. It finally came back. Uh, But really quickly, uh, Gucci, 
is definitely doing that kind of element with their vault program because one of the things they're doing is a fidgetal kind of collaboration between pulling and i love this element of it they're pulling vintage archival pieces putting them through like kind of a modern spin as well as creating a digital piece to it and then you're able to buy it through their gucci vault program which i think is kind of cool so that's one and then also there's uh you're able to buy in North America only right now, but you're able to buy uh, certain products at Gucci stores through ApeCoin. So they're trying to integrate the technology in multiple platforms. And I find that kind of curious to see who they're going to keep collaborating with. See, now that's, that's like, that is probably one of my favorite things that I've, I've heard. I, I did actually read that a while back with the Gucci oh. vault. Oh, and Flora. They're doing their Flora new, um, uh, campaign uh, for their beauty fragrance is in collaboration with uh, Roblox. They created an entire world there um, as well as a parallel to their Gucci world. Uh, I think it's called Gucci Town. And that is now going to also have Miley Cyrus who's the face of the new Flora campaign is going to be an avatar that wanders around. I mean, obviously that's legit. And and here, but here's the... Yeah, that's actually ridiculous. I didn't know that. Um, here's the thing that's incredible. Um, with what you said, and, and this is this is why I think big brands are kind of missing the mark. Except, except they got it right. That that is right. They're literally going back in their archives and pulling vintage pieces. That's perfect for NFTs. Like you sell a one of one, you could ship. Like that's like it's. But they're all kind of sitting on this. They're they're sitting on gold, and some of them just don't even realize it. That's that's incredible, and th and I think that there's there's a lot of legs in in that. And then there's also. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's uh, incredible. Let's get to hands and Mary Beth, what's up? Hey there. Um, I that's so funny you said that because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, if they had a vault, right, of the limited pieces, or uh, so my sorry, my hamster wheel is going like 200 miles per hour. So you know, um, like you know how we do Nike ID stuff, or we used to when it first came out. I'm curious to if that's going to be a thing or. I mean, that seems like a quick mass adoption option. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And I can't believe the Miley Cyrus thing with Roblox. That just, I just thought like kids in Roblox and Miley Cyrus and then fashion, we're talking about fashion. So that was, that kind of boggled my mind. But I, I think that the Web3 artists you know, aspect could play into this. Because you know how we have like hardcore you know, sentiments for certain Web3 artists. And then if you mix that with even, you know, a McQueen or something, that would be fun, right? But I definitely think like, and then I was thinking, you know how no one really gets the Louis Vuitton customization stuff? You put your initials, it's like, what's the point? How am I going to sell this, right? But there's something there as well. Like what if they partnered with some communities um, not like I would want to put an ape or a lion on there. I don't have an ape, by the way. Um, but I'm just, that's how my brain's rolling, right? I mean, I just, I can't see it. Oh, and then with the Adidas stuff, when you said they got tracked suit sets, was that, the, the like, if it, was, if it was 0.2 ETH at the time, is that was that equivalent to what it would have been in real life? Or was it more? Did no, that I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure it was actually more. Um, okay. And Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. You might know about that. Didn't they sell for those? Those sold for a pretty, pretty penny at the moment. 
Yeah, well, that was also, it was like a year, you know, it was like late 2021. 20, uh, so price of ETH was different. And also, yeah, so they, they went up, but um, that was, a, you know, it was a different price of ETH at the time too. So they did go up at the time and then I don't know where they are now. Is there a reason why you sound like you're at Wrigley Field? Somehow the soundboard is, I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> okay, you sound so amazing. important. You're in the matrix. I it sounds so dynamic. I'm like, oh, we're speaking to the one. You know. <laughs> I don't even know how I got the setting. I'll uh, I'll jump off and try to come back on and fix it. Uh, no, actually, no, no, I think, no, no. I think no, no. no. You Kelly, it sounds like you're the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <gasps> yes. We're gonna you ask you questions us. every now and again, and you like answer from the the, the nest like above us. <laughs> uh, okay. I feel like the clown that has to make a balloon now. Yes. You need to change your, your your Twitter name to the Wizard now because you're the Wizard of Oz. A hundred percent, great call, Staggy. <laughs> um, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you said something interesting though. You touched on Nike ID, um, and my head has gone there a thousand times with with NFTs. I think that's what they're doing with Artifact, and I would be shocked if they're not creating or recreating that entire environment um, with what they're doing there because. The customization side of this is what makes it interesting and unique, right? It's like that that's what you can then generate literally a one of one. Um, mint that that's yours, you get the physical, like that's that's rad. I I agree hundred and fifty percent. So the fact that you brought that up, um, I've thought about that numerous times. Um, watch and see what's going on. First off, how are you? Wish I could have jumped up earlier on your space. I was like That's all right. On Zooms <laughs> and like I, I heard the love and I really appreciate it by the way. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, seeing a lot of familiar faces from from this morning in our growing community and love it. Just want to shout out the Wrigley Field reference. Are you from? You're from Chicago too? No, I just oh. I, I know people know Wrigley Field, so it was really more of a baseball. I got really reference. excited being a, being a Cubs fan. It's uh, been a rough yeah. go, but you know we always we always find solace in in others. Um, but no, I think it was a really interesting point that that you made when you said you know like all of these brands are are sitting on you know a. a, a I'll take a step back. I think Gucci has done a really interesting job and in my perspective, a, a good job. And I have a couple of friends that are at corporate there. And like, I think like by integrating components and aspects of Web3 without like shoving it down their consumer's throat. And I think that like the mainstream people that like aren't ready to hear about Web3 and NFTs, like in my perspective, if I've seen if like, completely just closed their ears to it. And I think, you know, with Gucci saying, okay, we're, we're doing this and like little things here and, and there, like, I kind of feel that that's going to be the best way to like ease people in because even if they don't completely adopt it from day one, they're going to start to ask questions. So they're like, well, what is this? What is ApeCoin? Like, are they getting something that like I'm not getting? Because I feel like in the luxury space, it's always like, is someone getting something I'm not? So really interesting, like, I've enjoyed, I personally, I've enjoyed their roadmap and, and have liked, you know, what they've been doing. Um, but your point around, like, a lot of people are, like, sleeping on this opportunity of, like, stuff in the vault. I guess I keep going to, like, why do we think, like, like why do we feel that, like, fashion brands are kind of slower to the game? Is it fear of making a mistake? Is it just, like, heritage of, like, how the brands operate? Like, I'd be curious to know, and sorry if we, we spoke on this would be curious to know people's perspective on like fashion is such in my in my perspective like such an easy way to get into web3 and nfts and i'm wondering like 
why we're seeing not as many mass brands getting into it. I I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Valerie. Hop in. Yeah. Um, so I, I come from this, like, from, like, a pretty interesting perspective. I worked at, um, I worked on the Gucci vault, like, NFT team for the past seven months, and I just um, was hired by Meta Golden, um, which we're building out now. But I've spoken to a few other brands, which I've got, like, um, some NDAs, so I need to be careful with what I say. But I can tell you that there are major brands entering the space, um, like, top five brands, like, that are not in the space yet that are coming. Um so I think that while we see hesitation, um, they're actually planning. And right. I think that like Gucci has done a phenomenal job in honoring their past. Um, and I think that one of the reasons they did that is that they launched on their 100th birthday. And so they really understand that it's their history that brought them here. And so they're celebrating their 100th birthday by honoring their history and perpetuating them forward into their next hundred years um so i pinned something that actually wasn't super successful i'm not gonna lie although i really enjoyed it and i purchased it and like have no shame in purchasing it it's paco Rabanne, and like they didn't mint out or anything but like they took some of their pieces from their archives which i know that they were like really bullish on like buying back their archives um, and they pa- like they partnered with Selfridges and all this stuff. And I was like, like so into this. Like they got, um, you know, real pieces from their archives. They turned it into, you know, 3D pieces. Um, and I think they took maybe it was under 10 and uh, it was like pretty exclusive. So I thought, oh, this is going to mint out super fast. But I don't think that there's a ton of people that are like, nerd out about fashion and are also aware of this space in the way that like we are like in this conversation and have this conversation right now like there's just such a there's such a gap there and I think it's a huge opportunity for these brands to onboard people um because you know we know the potential of web3 um but I don't think that a lot of those people are onboarded and that's something I noticed at Gucci where it was like, and sorry if I keep going on, but like I I noticed this at Gucci that like, especially in the beginning, it was just like a lot of like web three bros that were like, I'm going to flip this, make a ton of money. They didn't care about the brand at all. And like part of my role there was to teach them about the brand and like make them appreciate it, teach them the history and the culture and everything and like show them that fashion is art. This is more than like, this is more than just a logo or whatever. And like, you know, it kind of goes into like why you shouldn't just be buying counterfeits and stuff because it's like, there is art, there is culture. There is, you know, there are reasons like to support, you know, real artisans and not like sweatshops and stuff. Um, But anyway, so there's, I, I could go on forever, but yeah, basically, I think that there's just such a gap because, like, in my opinion, that Paco Rabanne sale, like, that should have minted out, like, in two seconds. Like, for me, that that was so iconic. And that, like, if it was, like, a bunch of clones of me, it would have minted out, like, 
in less than two seconds. But like the world isn't full of clones of me. Um, although I assume that you guys are all like nerding like the same way I do that like you guys just nerd out about like fashion and the way that like Web3 has integrated it. But I think that we're just like a long way there. Like there's just so much room for it. And it's exciting because we're all super early. So that's sorry I went on forever, but that's me. No, no, no. That's you're, you're, you're spot on. Actually, Stacky, I, I was going to say, I was going to ask you what your opinion was of, of uh, that question. Why do you think it took so long? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I, I, don't, I don't actually don't know, but I, I had kind of idea because I love that. I love that dress. Uh, and I'm curious to see where like Web3 goes with this. Because if there's like some kind of platform you could kind of stand on and you can you can physically wear these things, I mean that'll be so cool to like have some stand in a hologram and try on your damn NFTs. Oh, they got this. <laughs> uh, I forget their name, I, but Fateful Youth. They have the scan truck and they do that while like they can scan you and then you can just transpose the two. Wait, I just That's got right. invited to something for at New York Fashion Week where it is that like it's a store opening, but it's all the virtual try-on of nfts oh that might be that i can try yeah that's that that is that is them like when i was in college and this is i'm like (laughs) i'm 34 now so oh wait i'm not 34 i'm 33 sorry like covid birthdays really threw me off um (laughs) i'm i'm aging myself which you know um look in the mirror and i might look 34 it's okay um but anyway so yeah um we had like body scanners and I'm talking like over 10 years ago. So it's like body scanners then. And it's like, you know, that they're like, we were able to do a lot of similar stuff back then with like sizing and body scanners and all of that. So if you're thinking about like how to implement that now and like create virtual goods that are like fidgetal, it's just, there's so many possibilities and like, excuse my language but that shit gets me excited as fuck like i am hype about that all, all good all good and uh I, I, you're definitely in a in a friendly environment here uh, mary beth go ahead i really don't remember i thought i put my hand down um, but my <laughs> my head's spinning i had a matthew moment um i i guess i'll share it i was just like the fashion thing i was just like actually i don't want to share it sorry i don't i don't know what to say sorry someone else go ahead (laughs) well let me give you my thoughts real quick and we're gonna go down to bowery in a second um here's what i see and what i've seen for the past 23 years and i I got into fashion nfts last february so i've been watching this all unfold and i i was like beating my head against the wall for probably almost a year trying to figure out what was taking so long but I did experience this with the e-commerce um, and, and stores in general and, and brands in general. They, it took the fashion industry a long time to really embrace e-commerce, which is just insane if you think about it. Like, let that settle in for a minute. Like, the one tool that could catapult sales for the industry that is perfectly built for it took them a long time to adopt. And... I think fashion's always had this thing with technology. Now, I do believe that that's swiftly changing, right? Um, just in general with the world, but but that is a thing still. And it's great to hear that the top five brands are coming in. I think that that's great for the space, but there are thousands and thousands of brands that this would make sense for um, that are probably going to take a long time to really adopt this because 
fashion just got this thing where the people, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard the term Garmento, but like I've met a lot of them over the past 23 years and these are very specifically built individuals and it's just true. Um, you know, they're very old. I remember when I first got in the industry, um, you know, I was, I was young at that. I was in my twenties, but you know, email was a thing. So I was like telling these buyers and these, these companies, I'm going to email them. They're wanting me to fax them. I'm like, fax you. What are you, t-? I was like, why don't I chisel it on a stone tablet and I could send it on a pony or something. What are you talking about fax? But that's their mentality. Like they were just slow to, to really just adopt technology. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my point. Um, Let's kick it down the battery and then, or actually Mary, Mary Beth, looks like I, you got your thought back. I thought of it. This is all I have to say. So I just want to say for like the high-end luxury um, names, nothing will replace for me at least the experience of going in, smelling the store and them offering me champagne, me saying, I don't drink anymore, sitting down and like smelling all the goods and feeling them and then walking, watching them wrap it, put it in a box and then put it in a bag and then walking out. That's the one thing that I would never want to lose. So I just had to share that sentiment. We'll 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 talk about this. Oh, go ahead, Valerie. Oh, no, I'm just like, so that was something that I considered when I was at Gucci, but there's people all over the world that live so far away from a physical store for those top luxury brands. And so they have no experiences like that. So sometimes there's people who like, maybe they live in like a town with like a hundred people in it. And like, they're really, really far away from that. And they like may never get to experience that unless they go on like some fancy vacation or something. And so like, the way that they're reaching these customers or potential customers, future customers, and really getting them to care about and think about fashion. Cause like I said, like a lot of these people just don't care and don't think about it and they don't even consider it. Or people think it's totally like, like why would I buy that when I could buy it on Alibaba or whatever. And like, so a lot of the reason that they're doing that is because that special experience that you're talking about which I, I agree is so awesome and I love it. And like, it's part of the reason that we spend all this money and like we go to the store. Um, when you can deliver experiences that are really special in the metaverse or on a discord and make people feel like a connection to the brand in that way, I, I think that strengthens those relationships so much and even can create relationships and make people feel really valued by these brands that, um, oftentimes feel really far away from people and really like disconnected and like they don't understand because they're so expensive and how could I feel connected to something like that so that's just another perspective I wanted to offer yeah and I I we could we'll definitely we can we can move this combo in a little bit over to experiential retail because I, I think that that's all about the change um there's so many things we talked about a couple weeks ago too but let me kick it down the bowery who's been very, very patient. Um, I'm sure your arm is tired. Hopefully you're still with us. Oh, yeah, no, I'm still here. Um, but no, it's just it's added fuel to what I kind of want to say is, um, you know, we keep talking about why is fashion so slow to adopt these things. And there's so much to unpack with that question because there's so many moving parts. You have customer adoption, whether or not their customers are going to um, adopt it. And like you were saying, with things like... Um, experiential experience can't say it Um, with experiences in the store you're not getting that on the metaverse they don't know how to quite 
give that to their customer? Will their customer respond to that? Is that what their customer wants? When you're talking about the one-off customer that's just coming in to buy the one bag, like um, I forgot who was saying it, um, they're only buying one bag. They're not a repeat customer. They want the whole experience. Um, their older customer wants the in-store experience. They like that level of comfort. Then you also have to worry, you also have to understand these brands have to now build out teams for something that they're not even sure is legitimate. We're really close to it. We've talked about it. We're excited about it. We're small brands. We're happy to sort of dive in, get dirty and figure it out. You're also dealing with brands with hundreds of, you know, hundreds of not hundreds of thousands of people dealing with these brands that now need all this red tape and you need to get a team behind it. Um, so I think there's a lot of moving parts. Fashion is one of the worst brands to take on technology. It's expensive. Um, fashion runs at very tight margins. There's not a lot of room for just expenditures like you would see in tech or any other um, industry like finance or anything like that. So it's always going to be slower to take that risk and invest what could be millions of dollars into an NFT program that might not even work for a brand or their customers might not even respond to. So I'm excited to see the brands that should be doing it or doing it. Brands like Gucci, brands like Adidas, Nike, et cetera, um, because they have hype behind it. They have a younger clientele. They have a clientele that likes these sort of new sort of shiny things that they can just jump at and say, like, I was a part of the first. Um, so I think it's important to realize that. And we're not going to see most brands hit you know, start investing in that for I would say, I know it's conservative, but I would say in the next five to 10 years. Um, I know that's been a controversial number for people when I've said it, but that's usually what the fashion industry works at. They're five to 10 years behind everyone else when it comes to um, technology. Like uh, I think it was Clubhouse was saying, um, with e-commerce, you had Zara up until like 2012, 2013, didn't have any e-commerce. And that's like a, fast fashion brand that should have been an e-commerce from the very beginning and they weren't um so i think it's going to be conservative with the fashion industry yeah and that's that's part of my point i, I and i appreciate you kind of reiterating that like think about what he just said though like 2012 you had a brand a, a global brand still not adopting e-com that's just like that blows my mind um, but that's that's the fashion industry kind of in a nutshell in terms of, of the way it's structured. Um, but Michael, go ahead. What, what's up? Hop in here. Yeah. OK, well, first off, I unfortunately don't sound like the wizard. I figured out it was the voice transformer. Uh, but anyhow, hopefully I can say something wizardry. More so, this is like a symbiotic comment around the I know this is fashion and we're talking about big brands and using the vaults like Gucci and so forth. But I'm paying big attention to. Uh, a few weeks from now, what Starbucks does at their investor day, they, uh, you know, Starbucks with coffee, coffee is synonymous with fashion and, and just really everything. When you think about Starbucks and their power and outreach, they're um, at their investors day, they've already announced they're going to make their rewards program uh, Web3 centric. And there's a huge focus on their entrance to the space. And so that could be a huge uh, component to see what they announce, how they do, because that will also not just give retail a lot of reasons and just anybody that gets coffee an idea of what this web3 idea is but also other big brands probably will be able to follow suit partner and see how they enter and then figure out their own strategy so i know uh, i forget who just said it's going to be like five to ten years and like true it will definitely take longer than we always hope and want i definitely think this starbucks uh 
entrance could be very pivotal and huge to kind of accelerate just initial adoption and also brands figuring out their strategy and coming to market. So it's something to watch for. That's September 13th. I, I couldn't agree more uh, with that. And I think I think that starts the whole wave of loyalty NFTs, right? People were asking this week, the conversation was like, what's next? Um, obviously, I said fashion, but loyalty and membership NFTs, I think, are, are, are primed because of brands like Starbucks. Michael, that's like, they could they could jumpstart this whole thing for us, right? Um, you need you got to remember how big Starbucks uh, is. I mean, I could I could go into a no name town in China and there's a Starbucks on the on the corner, um, and it's like it's just everywhere. So um, I think that that's critically important to understand how big of an onboard ramp that they can create. Now, here's the only thing: I think Starbucks is also smart and they want to do it in a way that lets people um, feel comfortable about what they're doing. So. I don't know if the word NFT is used at all. I don't know if they understand what they're using, but the loyalty program will definitely be tied to the blockchain in a way um, that definitely helps the technology, should help onboard people into the ecosystem. Now, I do know that a um, couple guys over at the DJ network are the ones that are actually like are, are driving this ship. So I, I have an idea or a feeling that it is going to be very, very beneficial to us. Um, I'm just curious to see how it's rolled out. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be done extremely well. Um, so I'm super excited. Jumpstart Janie. Jumpstart us. What's going on? Hello, hello. Um, man, I was kind of hoping that I could hear, still hear the um, wizard voice because that was like insane, insane. Like not even in the blockchain. That was in like the metaverse of fashion somewhere in the rabbit hole. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for having me up. Um, I just see people that I know Girl Diverse from the TikTok universe and um, other people within Fashion Fridays. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so much to unpack. I was uh, actually just driving first and now sitting down for a quick dinner and uh, dinner in spaces is the new Friday night apparently. But um, just wanted to say, I think Starbucks is a really interesting one that you bring up. And I think 100% because Starbucks was one of the first in terms of mobile payments. So when you talk about like even... Zara not having e-commerce. I mean, I've been in companies where I've actually launched e-commerce and I'm talking about in 2016 in Asia. And you know, Asia is popping when it comes to technology and e-commerce. But I mean, that's the thing, right? The thing that we think, um, you know, being in this space, hanging out in Twitter spaces on a Friday, like we're hyped and we're super excited about the fact that, you know, Web3 is here, it's coming and the possibilities that it's actually gonna open up um, but I think for the rest of the world to actually see it, um, it's going to take some time. And I think it really will take a lot of the bigger brands like a Starbucks to come in to convert loyalty. And I think, um, I don't know if it was Mary Beth, I'm sorry if I, because I was driving, I couldn't look, I didn't want to get in an accident. Um, and I know Valerie talked about it earlier as well. Um, but there's a sense of hype of like, okay, like, hey, if I have this like digital collectible or NFT or whatever the heck this thing is, hey, it unlocks another IRL experience. And I think that connection between um, IRL and Web3 um, and people feeling like, hey, there's something there that I can get if I'm actually a part of this, you know, Web3 hype or whatever the heck is going on. Like, those are the things that are going to get people excited and actually want to come in. So, I mean, I think it opens up like so many interesting conversations and I'll land the plan here, but just saying that um, it's going to be really interesting to see how brands like 
Starbucks moves, how brands, you know, I think um, Valerie mentioned top five brands coming in. I spoke with a retailer recently and I think they are planning on launching something and like off the record, basically saying that, you know, they weren't really planning on onboarding fashion people into this space. And so if you're a fashion retailer trying to launch something in Web3, that's crazy if you're thinking you're just going to, you know, um, go after the existing market. And I think actually being the first person or the first brand in fashion, a retailer, a designer brand or, you know, streetwear brand or whatever it is and bringing them into the space, onboarding them, everyone remembers their first, their first love, their first NFT, first rug pull, whatever. So I think um, I'm just, you know, excited to see what happens and, you know, whatever, um, you know, everything that comes within Web3 and, you know, even just with New York Fashion Week, so many things. I land the plane, I see so many people with their hands up, but I mean, I'm just excited to be here on a Friday, on Fashion Friday, Happy Fashion Friday, to talk about this. Yo, your first rug pull. <laughs> it's true. Awesome. It's like your first love. It's, first love, it's first so rug true. pull, first fashion NFT, right? What about like your first remember. 30 rug pulls? Because absolutely all of their floors have plummeted, so. Oh, man, and when they do you dirty, you know, you got to remember them. And, and it's like fond memories, but it's like education. But it's also like you kind of want to like shake them or go after them if you could. Yeah, I think I think we should be okay with with some of these as long as you didn't uh mint like goblin ape monkey butt. So you should be okay. But um <laughs> if you minted some actual projects with some business uh, attached to it, then you should be straight or or just some art with the wonderful artists behind it. But I'm gonna start I'm gonna start going to some hands because you know James James thought I fell asleep, but I really didn't. I, I was making sure. <laughs> My, I had to blow my nose like three times. But um, let me go to some of these hands. I want to go to Bowery, and then I'm going to go to Valerie. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on the point of, like, Starbucks and who is um, who these people are that or these brands that are starting these NFTs. I think that's going to be what's really important for us to watch. Um, fashion is fickle. And if we're just talking fashion here, um, I I want to say yes. Some brands will look at Starbucks and be like, absolutely. But we also have to remember the co- uh, the coffee industry has a much larger amount of money than the fashion industry, so they're able to do it in a very different way. But when we look at brands like Gucci and like Adidas and Nike and the ones we've been talking about, I know that I keep repeating those, um, and even smaller brands like the you know like my brand, um, like Clubhouse, um, we are looking at kind of opposite ends of the same sort of spectrum. They're high-end fashion brands. They're interested in the new and the upcoming. Um, So I think they're going to be obviously be the ones that are quicker to adopt, but that's who you're going to see influenced by them. You're not going to see certain brands adopting it because Gucci adopted it because they're going to sit there like many times I've heard in many, many meetings during the fashion industry, well, we're not that type of fashion company or we're not a fashion company, even though they make clothing, even though they have to follow certain trends, they don't believe they are fashion companies or they don't believe that they're a part of that and they want to distance themselves from that. So depending on who is like the first brand to really do it, those the brands that sort of align with those brands or want to be aligned with those brands are the brands that are going to adopt it faster. Um, So I think using that as a gauge is how you're going to figure out who the next person is that's going to jump into this pool. 
um, as opposed to the people that are, you know, the brands that are going to sit on the sideline for as long as possible and hold out until it's absolutely necessary for them to do it. Yeah, I definitely think that you're onto something there. Like, I think that there's, well, first of all, in your first, the last time you spoke, not this time, you said something about red tape. And I thought that was something that was so important. Like, when you get involved in these large, large brands, these brands that have been around for like 100 years, there is so much red tape because their messaging I mean, this is their first step into Web3. Like, it has to be approved on so many levels. It has to go through so many channels. Um, I mean, like, this is something that was incredibly frustrating for me was just trying to... Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Um, trying to get, like, a Gucci Vault Twitter, for example. Um, we never got that approved. I don't know if they're still working on it, whatever. Um, you know, there's so few people in these companies that are approved to speak for those companies that it's just a lot of red tape. And so when you send out any kind of message, whether it be a Discord announcement or whatever it may be, it goes through a lot of red tape. It goes through a lot of checks, a lot of balances, and everyone yeah. has to like it. And, um, you know, in these smaller projects, like I'm at Meta Golden right now, and it's so nice to just be like, I have creative freedom. I have all these things like, and not go through that red tape. And yeah, with, with Starbucks. On. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I was just thinking like with Starbucks, like you're so right because like there's um, like the brands might not be open to it, but I think that the consumers might open their minds and that's who it's really going to affect. Because I think a lot of these consumers, it's going to be their first digital wallet, whether they realize it or not. It's going to be their first NFT. And they don't see any use case. They don't understand what is an NFT aside from a JPEG. And they don't really understand the use case. And, um, you know, subconsciously, once this, uh, like, rewards program launches, they are all going to, and this is going to be millions of people across who knows how many countries they're launching this in. I know they're launching it in the United States. And this is millions of people that are going to be onboarded to NFTs like that. And it's going to be, it's going to be life changing. It's going to be game changing. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I have an NFT now. And then what's step two? I mean, I don't think everyone is going to take it to the next step, but there will certainly be a lot of people onboarded in that respect. Yeah, I just want to like touch on that real quick um, because it's definitely, yeah, it's these older brands, but like, let's talk about a brand like The Gap. I mean, they try so hard. They're trying so hard right now. Um, and I used to work for them and they tried so hard back then too. Um, and this could easily be a, be something that could honestly save The Gap, but they will never adopt it. And it's I sad. have their like, NFTs. Oh, Gap has an NFT? Yeah, they had it. I think they used Tezos wow, totally. or something. You totally called me out on that one. I'm surprised they adopted it so quickly. Okay, well, I'm going to have to look that like, one up. They don't have any community with it. It's just like, oh, here's our NFT. You can buy these different colorways. If you collect three of them, you can redeem it for uh So they're doing it in a very... Something. Yeah, so it's it not like, like a community-focused thing. Like, I don't think they yeah. did their research. Yeah, it sounds is, like it's oh, a very like, common buy thing. Bogo. 
Yeah, it sounds like it's a very Gap Bogo sort of thing. So I'm going to look that up. Thank you for uh, letting me know that. Yeah, no worries. Wait, can I quickly just sort of on the idea of how everyone's talking about like these bigger brands that are established coming in. I'm curious about the brands as you were bringing about before about like Paco Rabanne. Who of all these different companies that are either trying to rebrand and come back or even like houses that, you know, aren't even in or aren't working right now. Like I'm thinking towards them and how they could integrate into the space and develop off of the technology and how they could have a resurgence. Like imagine if uh, a perfect example of like a bigger one, but a weird one would be like if Abercrombie wanted to fully reinvent itself back to its heritage like, I'm talking, like, the good Abercrombie back in the day, before Bruce Weber came in and touched everything. So, thinking in the context of, like, how Abercrombie could go back to that olden sort of concept of, you know, a heritage sportswear and the original sports Americana brand, quote-unquote. Or think, like, bringing back McArdle, like, a Mary McArdle in the digitalized space. Like, I, I'm interested in how we could then think about bringing back these true heritage brands that necessarily don't have the hype right now, but in a digitalized space, one using as an education tool, but also utilizing it as an asset and a potential to bring back a brand's heritage through a digitalized format and not necessarily relying on a physicalized product and thinking in that kind of digital first mentality, how that could then construct around these brands. What about like Colette and Dowered ourselves? That's all. Oh, I'd kill. I'd love that. I'd die, seriously. That's such a good idea. Anything, Colette. I mean, I'd give anything for Scaparelli to be really smart and just recreate their old perfume bottles as an NFT. Like, that alone would be the most amazing thing. Because that was the most genius bottle. Like, before they did their whole rebranding, I had, in college, literally said, I would kill for Scaparelli to come back. And I'm happy it has. But imagine, like, them doing something as simple as that to sort of integrate in the space, but also to teach people about the history of the house through an NFT. Like that, I think, is what we're all missing the mark in a way, is how much of a tool of an educational tool NFTs, especially in the context of fashion, can be. Well, Matthew, I I think all those things are, I think that's very possible. It's just the story that you tell to go with it. Um, And hi, everyone, I'm Tony. Uh, But I think, you know, the story is important. That's really what's going to sell it. You know what I mean? So if you have... um, a really compelling, pe- compelling reason why you want to revive these brands. And, you know, I think that people will jump on it because, you know, it's just, I think it's just fun. To, it's fun time. I look at this as like, this is such a fun. It's, it's, I'm so happy to be alive right now in this era because we get to like experiment and build and, and like do good shit, you know? Matthew, I was going to say like, it, it, first of all, like I always love Matthew always has really, really good insights in these. And it's funny what you say about, the perfume bottle and teaching about the heritage and bringing it back to things you actually might be. And I'm pro- I, might, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I've done a little bit of consulting on the Starbucks stuff. And you're probably a little closer to the Starbucks uh, model than you maybe even realize uh, in, in your insights. So your insights are actually really, really smart in how you'd say to go about it. I think also like the revitalizing it is really interesting. I mean, you think about like old spice, which was like the, awful like aftershave my dad put on and now it's like this brand that like everybody uses and it became like cool and fun and they rebranded and i do think there's an opportunity for brands to like look at the way that they can sort of bring themselves into web3 
and almost use that as a catalyst and a marketing reason to rebrand, right? Like, like if it's like an older brand, they could say like, hey, let's look into Web3, let's reinvent ourselves here. But it also gives them, you know, from a marketing perspective, a newsworthy reason to rebrand. So like all the brands you talk about, um, they figure out like what that utility is. They really think through like the actual, you know, conscious examples of Web3. And then they use that as, an, as, as the way to do it. But like, you know, you know Valerie, like your, your point was so sound in the sense that like people don't need to know they have an NFT to interact with the technology. Like people who, um, you know, it, the, I've used examples. So I'm sure like, you know, James and Matthew and others are probably like will roll their eyes because I've used this example in Fashion Friday before. But like the reason why computers are used by everybody is because Apple said we're going to hide the complicated shit. And we're going to make computers for designers because computers just used to be for programmers and, and nerds and, and like me, with, I say that with affection. And so like now, then Apple said, let's hide that. And, and now everybody has a computer because they're like, oh, you just point and click. Awesome. And that's why MacBooks showed up in schools and, or I mean, uh, big Macs, iMacs showed up in schools and then showed up in homes and, and personal computers and Windows followed that. And that was a huge deal. And NFTs are going to be the same way. Like, uh, you know, it, 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 nobody says... Um, oh, like, let me get my QR code to go to the game. They say, I need to get my ticket, right? Even though that's what it is, it's a QR code. Um, so similarly, I think like, you know, people aren't going to say like, I have an NFT. They're going to say, I have a ticket. They're going to say, I I'm in the Chanel Plus plan. They're going to say, I have, you know, you know a, a Gucci Grail or whatever that thing is. And they're not going to even think about it. The Starbucks program, like you said, they're not going to think about it as an NFT. I I'm working with someone on a project that, um, like I can't talk about, but it's like a project where like we're working with a non NFT person and they basically tell us like the reason why when they're able, the reason why they're able to grasp NFTs is they're like, I don't want the art examples. They're like, I don't want the NFT examples. Give me the real world examples where a musician or ticketing or you name it is going to, is going to, is going to do that. So I think, I don't know, it, it's all an interesting thing and, and it's interesting to see like how who really gets it and who just does an ownership and utility based one and who goes ownership utility and then crosses the chasm into community. And I think that's where the magic starts to happen. So um, just really good insights. I, I'm glad I popped in when I did. Hi, everybody. Hey, Steve. What's up, Steve? I'm glad you could join us. Sorry, I'm <laughs> late. No, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, we'll dock your pay. <laughs> so I'm glad to have just uh, a little bit. Here. What'd you say? I said we'll dock it just a little bit. You're the you're the nice boss. Ooh, just a <laughs> little bit. Ooh, little bit more. Why is that song now in my head? Like all I can think of is that on repeat. It's really becoming a problem. So we didn't even get the chance, you guys, to talk about Izu or or Eminem's. I just I want to talk about. I know Eminem's is like I don't know if it counts as fashion. <laughs> we could we we could talk about Izu. My 90-year-old grandma is so excited. She's like, Snoop Dogg. She's like, I love him. He's so cute. Like, my grandma has the biggest crush on Snoop Dogg. And she's so, she's like, I think he broke up with Martha Stewart, which, like, he was never dating Martha Stewart. But in her mind, that's what happened. But yeah. Oh, my God. You can't tell me that they weren't dating. I promise you. <laughs> right? But no. Okay. I think that, like, all right. So in the 10 KTS, like, Okay, I don't know if this is off topic, but you guys can just stop me. But in 10KTF spaces, because, like, Gucci had, like, the 10KTF collab, so I've been, like, chilling in those spaces for a lot. Um, people are very convinced that, like, there might be, because Guy O'Siri, who's, like, 
manager for like all these musics like people like Madonna and um I don't know like all these people um they think that uh during the VMAs there might be a 10k TF uh situation there and then like you know that's like the tailor of the metaverse basically and then so that's like web3 wearables and then I don't know so I guess that's like fashion um I don't know if that's gonna be anything but I do think it's gonna make it like make us look really cool in like all our merch that we have because I feel like they're gonna have to come out with some board ape stuff like I don't know like what are they gonna wear well so here's my take on on 10ktf uh, I don't know about the VMAs I know I know that there's there's gonna be board apes up on stage I'm 99.9 percent sure of, of that um, between Snoop and M that's that's one thing I can tell you I don't know about the 10ktf part but my take on them is is I think they're gonna play a large role in the other side um, I, I think that they are I, I don't necessarily like the way that they did it um, because I think it's confusing I mean you have people like Steve that you know that are very well astute in terms of like NFTs and, and things like that. And even like, I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Um, but I, I get it. Like there's a whole lore and there's building. I think people is wag me son. Like, I think, I think there's a whole thing going on here um, that'll eventually um, they'll introduce and, and, and it'll be a, a big to do, but I do think inevitably they're building out wearables for the other side. Um, but to your point, I think that beyond um, the connection to like artists and things like that, I think um, Guy with Siri is going to going to bring a lot more um, to the table. I mean, he's connected in the whole the whole trifecta of uh, of major NFT brands. Um, so I think there's a connection there going on in terms of um, all of those items that are being crafted there, being utilized, um, and almost like them setting up a, a cornering of the market to become the de facto shop. Um, that will be um, where, you know, where all these items will be sold, which is why the Gucci ApeCoin thing makes total sense, because I know that there's this thing going on with 10KTF there. So it's like it's all going to come full circle. And I, I think that the big announcement is going to be um, going to be that that that's going to be when 10KTF kind of makes a lot of sense to people. I just I, I don't know, Steve, if you have thoughts on this, but I just don't like the way that they did it. I thought it was very confusing. I will uh, I will invest in 10KTF. When I'm convinced it's not a weird Ponzi scheme, and I that sounds terrible, and I get so much anger for that whenever I say it on my morning show and things. But like, look, here's the thing: the the, the wearables are cool. So if you have the wearables, like, it's awesome, right? It, it, it's a cool looking backpack. But like, the kind of buck stops there with me. Like, I, I I'm basically like I feel like I'm getting a elaborate like timeshare pitch whenever somebody tries to explain 10KTF to me, and they're like, look, and they're like, look. Oops! Oh no! I probably I was gonna say I probably des- I probably deserve it. Uh, no, it's like did Twitter just shut you down? No, it's, uh, Stacky did. She's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not 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 happening here. We will not have 10 KTF FUD. But anyway, like it's it's cool wearables. If it is the wearables of the metaverse, like I think that's awesome. I wish they would just explain that instead of having all like the weird, confusing, you know, pieces to it. And like again, like I'm very. I am way too online when it comes to NFTs. Like I am way too online. And yet I like, I have trouble following. It's like, I, I just, I don't know the, the idea of me spending like three to five ETH just to mint digital wearables, which I then wear to stake, which then gets me something, maybe ApeCoin, which will eventually run out, which isn't a sustainable model. 
and then gets me the right to buy more stuff um, and maybe stake that stuff to then get it. It's just, I can't, I can't track it. And like, literally I keep up with like, I'm not ma like making it up when I say like, I keep really tight eyes on like 25 separate projects, probably in the NFT space pretty tightly. So like, I'm not like not following it. It's just, I, I want the model to bear out. But if it is the tailor, again, bring it back to fashion. If it is the tailor of the metaverse, the design work on it is fantastic. Um, it's really interesting. I think everybody who's looked at the shoes, the backpacks, the hats, they know that it's like really, really well done. Um, and it gives you something to sort of flex in the metaverse and potentially buy and sell. Do I want to walk around in the metaverse with a hoodie with my own ape on it and a hat with my own ape and just like shoes and like, I feel I kind of look like an idiot. And so like that, that part like scratches, it makes me scratch my head a little bit. I feel like they need to like expand out to have have like a sweatshirt that was like a camo sweatshirt that was the colors of my ape spinner hat and my ape right and then it just so it was like an abstract version of the hoodie that to me would make sense as a metaverse wearable more um and an irl wearable where it's like a wink and a nod more so than me being because like if i walked around on irl head to toe with a hat with my face on it a shirt with my face on it my shoes had my face on it i i don't know that that would land well in, in public i think people would like you know, think I'm crazy. And so I do think there's probably opportunity there, but I think it is an interesting piece to see, like if they are the tailor of the metaverse and the other side, huge upside there. And I just would like to see them almost go more abstract. And again, I'm the least fashion savvy person on this fashion stage, but I do think it would be cool to see like, have, like someone like, like I've seen the design James and some of the other folks up here have done and they're awesome. It's like that little twist of like a wink and a nod that's not as in your face would be, I think, a really cool piece if you are going to wear them around the metaverse. That's my general 10KTF take. Question, question real, real quick. First of all, you called it a Ponzi scheme, with, which if you were on the coffee, which you were, because I, that, I was very, I, I, I don't like that it's like that it's propped up by ApeCoin because if the underlying asset fails and apparently their whole project goes to shit, but um, I'm still here for it. Um, but I got a question for you. Are you going to wear the tracksuit both together? Oh, you mean like the Adidas tracksuit? Like, you know exactly what tracksuit. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I'm just going to wear the Adidas tracksuit to embarrass my kids. But it, it's not really that I can pull it off, nor because I think it has any fashion value to me whatsoever. Like, it's just not my personal style. But I am going to, like, wear it to pick up my kids at school so that they are embarrassed. utility I'm getting out of that Adidas NFT in the tracksuit. I am wearing the hoodie right now. It's actually pretty well done, despite the fact they went with a third-party vendor, which is a whole nother discussion that may, boils my blood when they're actually a apparel company using a third-party vendor for their merch, showing an interesting level of investment there. So, anyway. Please tell me you have a matching bucket hat for this situation. Oh, I, I, I'm going to... I gotta... Now I need to do some online shopping, now that you've said that. I it's like a bucket hat that, or a Kango hat. Oh, hey, I really want to get Steve, first of all, I need you to wear the spinner hat while you're around your kids yes. at all times um and second of all like i don't know how your kids can be embarrassed of a dad who has a board ape like if my dad had a board ape when i was growing up i would literally be like my dad is the coolest fucking father in the whole world like i would honestly like there would be no embarrassment like you could wear the spinner hat and i'd be like all right yeah that's my dad his hat matches his ape. Fuck off. Like, I would walk around like I was the hottest shit. 
I would Valerie, like to. I would, that would be them and like like Steve. Like you could double up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but real quick, like you could double up either as like a comedian in Web Web Three. If you saw like Lee Lamar, she's pretty hilarious. Um, but just a suggestion, another way to monetize and get some more ETH for you. Um, but yes, I'm with you on that. Number two, which what Valerie was saying, I think literally in a few years, three to five, or maybe even less than that. I don't know how old your kids are. That depends as well. But they will literally be saying, yo, my dad had an ape back in the day, back in the day. And literally you will be considered probably the coolest dad you know, in all of blockchain history um, and wearing that spinner hat with the Adidas and, you know, taking a photo or a video in Be Real, the new social media app, then you will be literally fire. That's all I have to say. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I like I was just going to say, like, but by the way, that was awesome. Glad you went on there. Please go on. But I was going to say, like, no, I was going to say to Valerie, like, as she was saying, if my dad had a board, I was like, Valerie, if I could adopt you, that would be awesome because I would absolutely absolutely love that but at the moment um they, they actually i will say my kids get it and and this is like a serious note i mean they do play minecraft and roblox when i explained nfts to them like you guys are never going to believe this my kids were like no shit dad like welcome to the real world we do this on minecraft and roblox all day so like it was certainly and, and stacky and i have talked about this as well so anyway that that's like they they actually get it and they actually do think it's cool and they do like the nft stuff um, so my kids are actually super into it. My kid, my son's background on his iPad is an NFT from a project called Goats that he actually created. They're they're way into that world. And my daughter's daughter's laptop, which she got to take home from school last year because it was like over, it was like past its shelf life. So like you either return it or keep it. It's covered in like doodle stickers and other things. So like my kids are actually way into it. Like one of them's ten, the other's eight. Um, so for real, like they actually do. Uh, do you like it? Um, which makes it harder to embarrass them. But I had these like really like insane tie dye subduck shorts that are like almost like more like a bathing suit. And I was pretending like I was going to wear them to their teacher conferences yesterday when I, I first met their teachers. And that is where I thought it was a joke. And then I was still wearing them. I'm like, all right, you guys ready to go? And she's like, please take off the shorts. So it does, it, you know, so they do. They do take it to some point. So anyway, oh I digress. Hilarious. You need to document this journey with your kids and their reaction because I'm literally just cracking up. It would make for such good content to share about dad goes ape and goes ape on his kids and what the reaction is. Oh my goodness. And even just like the other parents at a PTA meeting or something like that, or if your kids play sports, hilarious. That's all I got to say. Steve's got, you got to remember, Steve has mutants uh, and all kinds of stuff. So there's some really incredible uh, pieces of merch that are pretty wild um, that I'm sure um, would would spark conversation if worn at like, you know, a PTA meeting or something. The, the mutant um, gear, which looks like it's like the 1997 No Fear gear. You know what I'm talking about? Remember exactly. No that's, fear what talking about. that's a mutant I gear. I just dated myself too, shoot. <laughs> Um, no, but in but in all honesty, um, Steve, you know it's really interesting, and everyone, you know, we all growing up, and I'm not going to. Well, I've probably dated myself a thousand times on this conversation, uh, but we all grew up, and and you know, you'd have those friends that were like, yeah, you know, my dad got into like tech stocks or Apple stock or whatever back in the day. That's going to be our kids ten ten years from now. 
um, you know, my, my dad or my, my mom or my parents made all this money in NFTs and Web3, um, it's the parallels are uncanny. And I, I honestly think that that is going to be a thing. Um, so just throwing that out there, Steve, what, what might be a joke now is uh, going to be inevitably something that, that I, I think becomes extremely serious as we kind of progress along um, this whole path, because these assets are only going to go up in, in most cases. I, I, mean, I hope so. I had a Lunchable for lunch today if that you know, tells us what, what kind of market we're in right now. So like, I hope that you're right, James. I hope that you're right. What are you talking yeah. about? Lunchables is expensive, yeah. man. You got to be eating ramen. Come on now. Yeah, I was going to say, ra- ramen's the... Yeah. What Lunchable was it? Because like, it depends yeah. on the Lunchable. I could tell you like, is it a good Lunchable? Is it a yeah. bad Lunchable? Did it come with a Capri Sun? Oh yeah, dude, I heard Capri Suns are like tainted right now with soap. Oh, I, that's I'm down bad now that I've heard that because uh, it did. It was a ham uh, or a uh, turkey and cheese one, and uh, no, it wasn't good. So now that I'm now I'm worried. Thanks. I'm going to be thinking about eating soap all day. Appreciate see, it. I, see, I managed to get really shook when I realized that I just enjoy adult lunchables anytime I'm out and about because I'm like a charcuterie board is literally just an adult lunchable, and that kind of made me realize some things. Board was this year, so. Can you say I that mean, again for me? I'm dead. Board? I'm dead, Matthew. I'm dead. Like, I'm dead. It, it really shook me because I was, like, looking at a Lunchable the other day. I'm like, aw, I really want one of these. I haven't had one in a while. Then I looked down at, like, my little cart, and I was just like, shit. Everything in here is just really expensive versions of this. Like, I, I, I kind of just had to look at myself and go, Wow. You just really haven't grown up, have you? Then you'll be straight. Put a little candy bar on the side do, of the. Oh my god! Do you do you get the bar. olives stuffed with almonds, Matthew? Because that's yes. what I do. That's my I also shirt. got the chocolate espresso beans to go with exactly. the, the blue. Ch- uh, I, I mean, I did all the pairings. I do all the the coots. I have all the cooteries, all the chars. Like I'm, I'm in it. All the coots. <laughs> but but yeah, now I'm just realizing the coots or the utes. <laughs> I mean, I do love a good Ute. Don't let's not play. <laughs> but yeah, it it really did break me when I realized. Like, I was thinking, oh, I'm so adult. Like, I I just bought wine. Then I realized, holy shit, this is literally just an adult lunchable. Like, I have my juice box, and I had my cheese, my crackers, and my little like dark chocolate at the end of it. Because, God, do we ever grow up? Dude, we should make an NFT that's literally just like a lunchable and you can like create like your own, like make your own pizza. Like, dude, remember the pizzas? I know there was a pizza NFT, but like a lunchables one and the little sneakers and you get the Capri Sun and it comes in the box and like we get the plastic waste. You know what I'm saying? It was. See, an I want that as an eat to pay option because I will win that. I, I, I will hold the record. I, I will be the number one lunchable list uh, whatever it be right and to get on the allow list you have to like beg your mom a thousand times get it all right i'm in the market now what am i i'm in the market now what am i putting on this charcuterie right now girl get get yourself some nice curd ham um some olives i said stuffed with almonds some crackers oh or get olives and some get olives and cream cheese and stuff them so, so how Man, can you, you are so American. All of the cream cheese. No. Or blue I cheese. Podcast <laughs> what about feta? Feta's so good. <laughs> how, how, can you not love, 
How can you not love Fashion Fridays? Jackie hit the market last week. She took a nap. So this is Steve. You know what I'm realizing? This is like. Actually, yeah, that's a real thing. Stacky full on fell asleep on me last week. So this is this is a real thing. Steve, tell me what you think. So so on coffee with Captain every morning for probably the first forty five minutes. Like you walk out, you'll see the, the the title is whatever. It's you know like a, a good forty five minutes. The conversation is it has nothing to do with the title. Whereas now, what I'm realizing in this room, we start out for the first five minutes and we talk about what the title is. And and then it moves into like charcuterie and and Steve's um, fashion choices and tracksuits and and whatnot. So I, I think it's I, I like it though. Like who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to hang out with their friends on Friday night? I think I like I think this. the common theme is I I pretty much cannot stay on topic at all. Is what the common theme is because I basically showed up and was like, all right, I'm going to add value. We're making the Apple analogy. We're going to talk a little bit about Starbucks and mainstream adoption. And it takes me like ten minutes to get to Lunchables. It's not good. It's that's that's the common thread here. I don't know why people listen to me on Coffee with Captain or here, but I appreciate y'all letting me do it. Um, but no, it's 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 a it's a fun discussion. I Matthew has has blown my mind with charcuterie boards being adult lunchables, and that's like I'm shook. I am shook. I don't know if everybody else is as shook as I am, but um, that was a mic drop moment. I mean, I was broken. I was broken standing in that store holding my little bottle of wine, just staring at the wall, being like, "What come?" I hope you were wearing that robe. I feel Literally like was. <laughs> oh, Matthew, yeah, the big Lebowski robe. <laughs> Matthew's like, if I had this and I got broken, all forty-nine people in this room are also broken. Y'all got to know this too. Y'all need to break with me. I'm a Virgo. Oh God, I take man. the bitches down as I go. Like this shit is going. I'm with me. <laughs> I'm a Virgo too. My birthday is the first. Yay! <gasps> Stop. That's my birthday too. Ah! What? <gasps> Oh my god, birthday. happy birthday. Happy oh birthday. my god. Hi twin. Hi twin. I actually have a twin, so hey triplet. What? <laughs> oh my god, this got weird. <laughs> I'm adopted. So, now- so maybe there was a triplet situation that just like sent me aside. If this um, is us. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh my god, it is this is us. I love it. Matthew, we'll have to open a room on our birthday to sing happy, happy, a space rather. This is club. I'm there. We'll I'm have here to open for a space it. Prime Virgo. To each other. Yes, exactly. We lit. I thought for a, for a minute there, you're like, we're going to open a space so everybody can sing happy birthday to us. We will, we will sit there. You will sing. That's such a Virgo thing. We can do we that would. too. Actually, last year on Clubhouse, there was like a two hour room with everyone telling me how much I meant to them. And it was really special. I even recorded it. I should listen to it actually. Yeah. I do the live action version of that. I just post up at a bar and I say, I am here, come through. And yeah. people do. <laughs> nice. That's the uh, that's IRL utility oh. right there. <laughs> I am the utility. Oh okay, I God. need cheese for this charcuterie. <laughs> Are you a charcuterie? <laughs> if you if they do have uh it's a flagler, I think it's called, but uh it's like a Brooklyn based cheese. It's so good. If you can get that one, I love it. Wait, so Jesus, the, just look on Pinterest. Just go like a... No, I don't have time. I just, need, I just need somebody to yell out cheese. Yell out cheese. Humboldt fog. I have like jam, though. Like, I feel like the best charcuterie boards have like jam or jelly. I don't know what the proper terminology is. But like, I never, like, I never add that to my own. And it's always so good everywhere else. Like, someone's got to fill me in on the, the jam. Or so, like so some fried fruit. Like, if you get some fig... 
If you get some fig stocky, some dried fruit, look at me being all Italian here. Hello. I was right, just gonna so say got- there's a difference between jam and jelly, really quick. So like jelly jiggles <laughs> <not a> jelly. <laughs> and jam spreads. But jelly jam don't shake. Jam don't jiggle. Oh, I am I'm a jelly. I am a jelly right here. After COVID, I am jelly. Same. All right. Okay, oh. what about M and M? Let's let's discuss the yeah. M and M's. I'm told people are I'm not putting the want to know where I live before. because I, I stuck a, an ape to my M and M's that I purchased yesterday. So, so let's M&Ms talk about those M and M's. They just came out with a brownie flavor. It's quite lovely. Wait, no, do they have an NFT? Because I see it like in the mm-hmm. title. No, so so M and M's announced um, that they're doing a collaboration with um, with Board Ape Yacht Club, or at least some of Kingship the, with Kingship with Kingship with, King, with G- right. G- Jimmy Eats Project. Yeah, one, one of the holders. Sorry, um, Steve. Actually, why don't why, why don't you give us the rundown on it? Because uh, I'm sure you you have the alpha there. Yeah. No. I I, I mean. M&M's basically did a, a quick co-brand with Kingship, which is a project. I The person I know in it is Jimmy Eath, who um, I saw him speak at VCon he, uh, with, with Frankie Nines, who is the founder of SupDucks. Um, Shira Lazar actually moderated that panel. She's a beast. Um, I mean that in a positive way, just to be clear. Um, and uh, she, uh, um, but yeah, Jimmy Eath is like one of the OGs in the space, like who has been around for years and years and years. He's one of the biggest holders at Board Ape Yacht Club. He has a lot of rare apes. And he started a project called Kingship. And actually, Kingship um, is doing a collab uh, with M&M's. They dropped some limited products. I believe they're all sold out now um, and actually selling on the secondary market. But the retard that's interesting to me is the fact that M&M's, a you know, Web2 candy brand, is co-tweeting with you know multiple co-tweets. Like They did a GM tweet with Kingship where the M was an M&M. They talked about the collaboration. Um, there's a bunch of information out there. If you look, there's like a press release and everything. And it's just an interesting, like, even though it's like a, like it might on the surface seem like it's a very small thing. The fact that like a large sort of, you know, conglomerate like Mars Corp is going out there and working with a niche NFT brand on branded products. And, and to me, it's like, and again, this can tie over into fashion too. Cause I think we talk about the Gucci. We talked about why Gucci is a fit for board apes, why Tiffany is a fit for crypto punks. And I think, the more we're going to see that we're going to see this more and more because the thing about NFTs is brands don't need permission to give benefits to NFT holders. And that's, what's interesting to me about where this could go. Let's say that I am a travel brand and I decide that Moonbirds, I'm making it up, like is a good or board apes are a good, you know, community for me. I could make it. So you just verifiably go in and use your wallet to identify through something like token proof. So you don't even have to like connect your wallet and say, we're going to give you a discount or we're going to let you jump status or something like that and get you in our loyalty ecosystem because the best loyalty reward programs are travel, right? I mean, once you're in travel, you stay at every Marriott, you fly every Delta, you go out of your way to do that. So what I think is interesting about the M&Ms thing is I think it is like the first pebble being thrown into the water to create a ripple of the situation where we're going to see brands saying, okay, Moonbirds makes sense. It's a tech brand. We're a tech company. We want to give you a deal on our tech. Anybody with a Moonbird, you're already verified through token proof. Go to our website, connect your token proof. Boom, you get a discount. You get a membership. You jump status. And that's what I find super interesting about these collaborations because in the past, you would need to work with Board Apes or work with Moonbirds. You don't have to do that. You can just say, if you hold this token, you get this thing. And the blockchain enables that. 
So that's one of the things I find interesting. It's, it's a little bit of like tangentially related to the Eminem thing, but I think these are sort of the first, the Gucci and every, I think these are the first sort of like dip their toe in the water before, you know, some travel brand or some, someone does like a fucking cannonball all in and just like gives you all the discounts. Steve, I'm laughing because you called M&M's a Web 2 brand. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're not a Web They were before three, Web. Know. Yeah, they were they're pre-Web. <laughs> they're, they're Web 0, actually. You know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're, the Web wasn't, they're spider. The Web wasn't even spun. Uh, aren't they like the, num- are, are they the number two candy in the US, Steve? Or, or they're either like- number one or number two. It's either them or... I don't know why I know these things that I know, but they're, it's either the them or Hershey bar is number one. So, I mean, that's, not, that's not like a small thing. Oh, Snickers for sure, I think. Well, no, I, I'm not, in my personal opinion, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Death. Like, those are my faves. Those are those are the GOAT. But Are we um, really talking about Mars versus Hershey, though, really? Like, oh, come through Team the Snickers. Mars bar. No, no, I mean, not like I'm, the I'm bar. I mean, just like, I'm talking like big dog level candy. But are we really just ignoring the importance of a Twix? I need to DM you something. I knew Let you were going to say DM that, you somehow. I knew it. Twix, you know. You Twix is to, underrated as fuck, though. One. Twix yeah. doesn't I mean, get the respect. Put some respect on Twix name. I, agree. I mean, the best candy, but you can never find it, is a take five. But it's so difficult to find. It's so frustrating. My bodega is always out. How I was about, about to say bar? take... How about score? I feel like most people, like, it just gets no respect, but it's still in the market. So I appreciate that. Score? Anyone know score? No? I see a lot of laughing faces. This is bullying. Oh, my God. You just All said it got no respect. That's <laughs> no respect. <laughs> uh, I've been in Asia for, like, 10 years. So, I mean, if I don't know and I'm laughing, it's because I really don't know. So, just, uh, Alicia, one vote. Thank you. Ooh, so, I would like to see... I, I, that's me with the hand. I, so, I would like to see brands partnership with companies that don't use... Uh, Toxic dyes and high fructose corn syrup. Oh and God! <laughs> like the tattoo story that came out. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just like, okay, boy, that goes from Gucci and um, Tiffany and all these to M and M's, which it is like a notable, you know, brand. And I know they done something like someone did a deal with Arizona, but I'm just like. Like what? Like where does where does the standards gonna lie? And like where's you know like is it gonna be luxury or is it not gonna be luxury? And then that's kind of di- the difficulty of having like so many people have hands on the um what do you call that the the brand the, uh, like the IP to, rights the IP yeah rights. the IP rights so that's kind of like what you get kind of is like it's a good like warning like if you are building a brand or you're building a project and you're thinking about doing something like that to really think about like where people could take it like the next thing we know is gonna be like um I don't know board board ape with the worst type of brand you can imagine like somebody's gonna take like you know what they gave me a good deal like to use my ape and like now board apes is affiliated with sewer dump like and so I'm just you know i i get i feel what steve said about it opening up and like being a free ticket to stuff like and i and i love that aspect of it but then on the other side i gotta be the devil devil's advocate like what the hell is going on like what you know where what are what are the lines that are gonna be drawn like are we gonna start seeing board dates like branded with absolutely everything are they gonna come together as a community and like be like okay like this is where we draw the line like we're not gonna be affiliated with x or you know what I mean well real quick just to like respond just because I know you were like I I think that's a really good point and actually a a really good debate that happens uh, a couple weeks ago 
when Old Navy had the shirt come out because Old Navy came out with this super shitty cotton shirt, which, again, love Board Ape as I do. Actually, they don't have a right to comment on shitty cotton shirts, just saying. But, like, Board Ape, like, like Old Navy came out with this, like, cotton shirt, and people were like, oh, my God, like, this is low effort, this is terrible, this is bad for the IP rights. And I think there's a discussion to be had. That said, there's only 10,000 tokens and people who can do it, so it's a relatively controlled environment, unless it's a licensing situation. Um, and Board Apes do, does have the overall Board Ape and ApeCoin brand, right? So they're controlling for that. But that's exactly why brands like Doodles and Gary Vaynerchuk with VFriends have actually held back their IP rights for this exact reason. Because um, Doodles is pretty liberal with letting you use their IP in fun and different ways. But if someone goes out and puts a Doodle on a product that doesn't align with their brand, uh, their sort of brand vision, they do have the right to go after that holder um, in that way. So it is interesting to see that debate. And I think it's a really good one. I will say this. Um, I don't think that Board Apes would have blown up the way they did if they didn't have the IP rights. It was a big selling point at the time. People like people were as silly as this is when nobody was using them. It was constantly cited as the thing that people were most excited about last May, June, July, etc. And people have built really cool stuff off them. And, and Gordon, the one of the founders, um, Wiley Arno, Gordon Goner, has said, he's like, look, this is really works for us. And we believe in this model where we create the broader sandbox, the Board 8 brand. We're going to do everything we can to make that kick ass. And then our community gets to build the sandcastles. And that gets us into mainstream. And that gets us everywhere where people can see us. So for what it's worth, like, I think your concern is actually a really, really valid one that I think we'll see unpacked over the next, I don't know, probably like five to seven years if we see people doing really crappy brand deals and just cash grabbing because a lot of times when people buy the board Ape, like, look, let's call it what it is. People a lot of times do deals with board Apes, not because they're like, this art is unbelievable, but because the person attached to it has 100,000 Twitter followers, right? And that's what they're doing it for. So I think like, as those things grow, will brands use board Apes as a way to get sort of influencer marketing and we see it kind of like tarnish the brand and will that debate rage on or will they do a big enough, good enough job with the big brand creating that sort of streetwear, hip, sort of high-end brand that it doesn't matter when somebody does something and everybody just rolls their eyes at it. So sorry, I know that was a tangent and we have hands, but I, 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 love, I love your thought there because I think it's a debate that people super underrate right now where right now all is good, but that's not going to be the case forever as things continue to go. And, and so I think um, just really, really good point. I love, I love that you said that. Can I also really sorry really quick I just wanted to sort of on a serious tip to that it's I think you need to look at when these brands are starting to involve with these companies I I think it's more so looking at how you're going to start seeing product placement you're going to start seeing like product placement and how it's going to incorporate into Decentraland and these different environments. These companies are going to start working and collaborating with their IPs in these kind of ways so that when they get the opportunity to be able to find ways to do product placement in, say, just images for promotional materials, just like them, like a bunch of people as apes sitting around with, I don't know, M&Ms or a Coca-Cola. Like, it's going to be that kind of level of product placement that's going to develop in the community. It's just going to be these kind of stealthy inroads that are happening now that are going to be how they integrate with certain IPs that are going to cultivate a certain niche culture or brand identity that they're trying to get especially with the youth culture ever gaining their attention to gaming and to different ips in that in the digital realm and that not necessarily having the advertising that they would have that would be subversive to a youth culture such as like the candy ads and whatnot 
that usually is directive towards a generation on TV, which are now more and more engaging not on television or on even YouTube, but more so on things like Twitch or uh, TikTok. And those don't necessarily have the ads. So it's going to be how they integrate into this way by product placement and subversive advertising that they're going to be able to gain. I think it's highly unlikely, too, that like any of these Web2 fashion brands come into the space and give up their IP. Um, like, I know we were fighting for it with Gucci. Like, we wanted to give the IP with the Gucci grails. But, like, we ultimately, legal was just like, we can't do it. Like, if you give up your IP as one of these big brands, it's, it's just so risky that, like, someone's going to abuse it. They're going to use it, like, alongside something that's racist or whatever it may be. It, it's just way too risky for these brands um, that really have a lot to lose. And it's... It's weird because we have a lot to lose in Web3 as well, but I think there's just more of an understanding of ownership and that, like, okay, if, if someone has your IP, like, they're um, they're using their IP and, and that's their asset. And, and there's just a different um, understanding of ownership in these brands so that, like, if someone uses their their IP in a way that doesn't align with the brand values, there's just... I think that these web two companies are way too, um, they need to be in control way too much and they would never do it. That's just my opinion. They have a bigger stack of chips to protect. I mean, that that's all there is to it. I, I, I've, I, cause I, cause I've served in the roles at large companies at Nestle at progressive where I'm in the risk management department effectively. Um, cause when you lead PR, that's part of it. And part of risk management is like, okay, what do we want to do? And, I would have a hard time in my old world saying I'm giving IP. Now, I could think of ownerships and loyalty programs that make sense without any sort of IP rights. But am I going to give IP rights of something I create to a group of people? Like, that is a high-risk management that is not worth the headache of me saying, oh, this is a low risk. And frankly, just in bloated corporate environments, if I say, ah, oh, you know what? I think it's good. It's honestly not worth my headache for the one time one executive sees something that has, like, one like on Twitter that, you know, looks bad. And so I think like from that perspective, you're exactly right. Like you're not going to see it unless they like when Disney, and I'm, I'm still staying fast on this, even though VV people are going to get really mad at me. They always I'm do. I'm a VV person. What's up, Steve? Oh no, here we go. All right. My VV. I'm going to get, I'm going to get exploded. You're not going to be happy. But like, I do think Disney eventually has the ability to come out with not a 10,000 PFP, a 50, a hundred thousand PFP, where 10,000 of them are the original Disney characters in some way, shape, or form, and those are, like, higher rarity, and then there's this new art, but they're not giving you full IP rights to, like, Mickey Mouse. They're not giving you full IP rights to Snow White. They're just giving you the ownership token, because at the end of the day, like, and Moonbirds was a great demonstration of this. There's separation between there's the art and there is the token, and the token is what's on the blockchain that gets you all the benefits. That's why you can't right-click save. Like, the example I use is, look, I could right-click and save a picture of Shaquille O'Neal and make it my profile picture, but nobody is going to mistake me for a seven-foot NBA Hall of Famer when I go to pick up my checks from the general. They're going to say no. So I think, like, that's, like, the thing that, that you have to realize is, like, the separation between the token and the art. And so to me, like, I definitely think you're right that, like, when Disney does that, if they do that, and I think they will eventually, because people will rep Disney PFP on Facebook everywhere. People love Disney. And so when that happens, 
they're not going to say you have the full IP rights to that. It's going to be completely limited. But the cool part is maybe you'll get featured in a new cartoon they do with it or whatever. And, and so that's that's the idea of like it's the Gary Vaynerchuk and the Doodles model, I think. Hey, so Steve, don't worry. I may be in BB and I'm also an OMI holder too. And don't worry, I didn't like raise the bat signal so all my homies will come in here. Um, but I am with you on the fact that, I mean, they will not give that kind of IP rights and legal because we're talking about companies that are, you know, publicly traded and have boards. I mean, we talk about luxury also and luxury fashion, it being challenging for, you know, um, even things like mobile payments or e-commerce or Valerie's mentioned earlier about Gucci and, you know, having a, you know, Twitter that would actually be able to, you know, and even, you know, people from these companies joining Twitter spaces, like there's so much red tape behind this stuff. So I, I don't disagree at all. Of course, do people who hold the first, you know, Disney or Elsa or Queen on the blockchain, are they upset about it? I mean, I can understand why, but I mean, I think, you know, there is a sense of needing to be realistic and understanding, you know, where we are at right now with these brands and what they're probably, you know, working on behind the scenes, which we don't know yet in terms of, you know, different metaverses, a Disneyverse, you know, multiverse for DC. Uh, I'm in another project with Backhouse. And I mean, I think, you know, one thing you got me thinking about was like comic books, right? And let me tell you something, I did not collect comic books. I didn't know anything about it. And I mean, I had a lot of guy friends and brothers like who were into it, but it was just not my thing. But here now I am after being in Web3 and NFTs and BB, you know, I have my own comic slab now, bought my first comic book, did cosplay. I mean, there's a lot of things that Web3 is getting us into that we would never, ever imagine it before. And just to even tie this back to like fashion, right? Just um, I've just kind of jumped after this, but like, you know, when we were talking about M&Ms earlier, um, you know, I think part of the IP, the danger of it is if you don't have very specifics about how they can monetize and use, you know, legally, you know, the artwork and the IP for businesses, it is definitely a very, very slippery slope. But on the flip, what it actually allows is almost like a diffusion brand. So if we're talking about fashion, for example, you may have, you know, um, a higher, you know, like the Ralph Lauren purple label or something like that, and you have Polo or RL or a brand that's a lot, you know, lower priced, or maybe even, you know, the Ralph Lauren that they're actually creating for the outlets. And they're specifically creating fabrication. They're creating designs to churn in outlets because it's cheaper and it's not necessarily even items that were seasonal that did not sell. So I think there's a lot of things to consider even in, you know, like an M&M's and why they're deciding to partner. I mean, M&M's or, you know, even these candy brands, it's great for them. They can, you know, join the hype and, you know, be part of the cool of, you know, Web3 and NFTs. And there's still a fun way for them to actually partner and to be a part of that. And I think like just kind of going back on, sorry, last point, and I'm going to stop right here. I'm sorry, I'm super hyped right now. But like we we're talking about Adidas and Steve, your hat with your eight. But like, you know, even the ability and, you know, the, the allowing um, holders to actually co-create. I think that is going to be something that really makes people a lot more excited about being in the space, whether or not it's co-creating for their digital, digital, um, you know, digital fashion or for their digital or physical item. And to be able to rock that both in the metaverse, but also like IRL, because I think there's a part of it where being able to put your, you know, at handle or being able to take the, you know, what you're saying earlier about like your hat, your spinner hat of the colorway of it. 
I think the days where we just literally want to buy merchandise with the name of the project. And I mean, I'm guilty of this too. I've bought it and I still rock it. I'm happy to do it, but I think it's going to go in a different direction. That's going to be a lot more artistic. It's going to be a lot more interesting than just literally slapping a logo and thinking that everyone's actually going to buy the item. Like there's going to be change and it's going to come a lot faster. I think than we're thinking. Okay. Can I really just also point out, <clears throat> it's going to also not be, the major companies aren't going to jump into the space fully until it's a full global conversation. Their largest demographic of sales comes from China and they can't access that right now. So it's, we're not going to see major involvement or major moves until this, the globalization conversation is really sort of sussed out because when we're even in the context of fashion, let's remember who the largest sales percentage goes towards every term and who the market has been shifted towards. So in the context of that, remember that, oh, sorry, something's going on in my street. But um, did you just commit a crime, Matthew? I am <laughs> Matthew. Dead. Matthew just stole something. It's like BRB Matthew, stealing a car. <laughs> Matthew's comment just let off the alarm. Just saying. I did. Drop that I, I fire. Let's go, <laughs> you're triggering things right now. <laughs> Matthew, can I ask you a follow-up question to your because you're you're like it's a really interesting insight. Is there like a counterpoint? And I don't know, this may be a really, really stupid comment. So it's it, it may not make sense in this context here. But if you're getting the like all the fashion sales in like China and you're seeing the business there, and we know that 25% of the GDP is America, 25% is China, 25% is Europe, and 25% is the rest of the world, and America is consumers. Is there actually a business opportunity to be had there if it is banned in China? Or is that like, am I just being like fairy tale NFT land, which is actually a fair answer to that? Oh, I'll, I'll turn that over to you, Jamie. <laughs> um, oh, hold hold up. Before, before we. Oh, hold up one sec. I want to go down to Knox. Knox's hand went down. I don't know if he's still with us. Uh, hey. that's it. His arm got so tired that his hand came <clears> down. <throat> there? Yeah. But, um, Stacky, thanks for the ping. I meant to be here sooner. I was in the middle of an interdimensional nap. Uh, it was it was pretty wild. But anyway, um, I'm not an IP expert or attorney. Uh, there's about a 99% chance that there are some in this space. There tends to be. <laughs> but one thing that I have spent nine months doing is pouring over uh, Web3 IP. And... Uh, I work pretty closely with an IP attorney. Uh, it it kind of feeds me a steady flow of information that's usually behind a paywall, uh, which is which is a really nice um, feature of that relationship. But um, th there's there's one thing about IP with let's say Board API Club, and when I say Board API Club, I speak about a lot of projects because a lot of them that are commercial use licenses, granted, actually copy pasted their model, and in, in the Board API Club of Terms and Conditions, there's, there's one thing that you can say about it is that it is uh, brief uh, and the language uses broad strokes and it does not seem to grant IP. In other words, it does not, uh, it does not grant IP to the owner of the eights, all right? What it does is enable a commercial use license of the IP. And it also includes conditional uh, such as uh, apes in good standing, okay? And 
um, that that kind of language at least sort of begins to drive a wedge of if you're out there making eight porn, maybe they snatch, maybe they, they stop you, you know. And uh, but the thing is, I, I do believe they truly intend to enable an ape owner to do just a vast array of whatever it is that they want to do uh, within what's legal and uh, generally uh, tasteful, okay? And, uh, but there's a difference between what they intend to do and what's legally binding. Uh, if you compare the Board Ape Yacht Club's terms and conditions with IP to the recently released um, Punk's IP, that paper was actually robust. It was full of information. It was very clear. You do not own the IP of your punk, but there's commercial use licensing, yada, yada. And it's tempting to say, well, maybe it's the same for apes. Maybe that's a mistake to assume that. Uh, but I was really surprised that there was not a companion piece released with the punk's uh, document uh, further, uh, I guess, detailing uh, what was going on with, with the Board Ape Yacht Club IP licensing situation. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's complicated. There, there are some, some peer-reviewed or a peer-reviewed sort of position statement out there that basically says we really don't know what's allowed and what isn't you know, when it comes to a lot of the blue chip sort of BAYC model projects. And, and um, I, I think, I don't think there's any sort of nefarious or malicious intent by Yuga. I just think that when they started this, maybe a lawyer didn't actually write those terms and conditions. You know, I, I don't know, but, uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll get some clarification in the future. Uh, just to clarify, I, I believe a lawyer if I remember, did write those statements and actually it was copied and pasted from the hash masks who had come out with a similar IP. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it was the hash masks IP statement that they actually basically ripped and copied for who was, which was a slightly earlier project. If you were familiar and if you're not familiar, amazing, uh, amazing art, the hash masks. I own one. I, I may get more, but um, I believe they took it directly from the hash masks and I'm, I could code my friend outer lumen would know for sure. So I can ask her, but I, I feel like I've heard that it was like intentionally vague, but it was done in some sort of legal fashion, but it was intentionally vague. So it wasn't like Gordon and, and Garga just kind of concocted it. It was basically ripped from the hash mask and they've given credence from the hash mask as being one of their inspirations as well. And I love the fact that they did it that way, to be honest, you know, the, the constitution, not, not to get political, but the, the constitution was kind of written that way. You know, it, you know, each of the, you know, bullet points of information is not like this, you know, 10 page document that's very specific about what they mean. You know, it just kind of, and, and I really like it, honestly, because what it does is it, it lets people just sort of go out there and see what they can do with that information. And then, then they can just maybe sort of rein it in in certain areas later. You know, I think it's great. All right, let's, um, Let's hop down to Janie and then up to Money Mom. And then I want to pose uh, a question. Janie, what's up? Oh, uh, just real quick, though. Um, sorry, Money Mom. I don't know if you want to address uh, what Nock was talking about, because I was going to talk about China. So just want to touch in with you first. Yeah. So I have a comment about, like, the like how, the board apes and, like, why. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, then. Okay. Why a lot of the stuff is vague. Um, the same reason why the 
the government and like taxes over here in the United States are just st- starting to regulate. Like it was, it was when they created it, it was in a, in a time where people weren't paying that much attention to it. So it wasn't regulated as much. So all of their, I guess like all of the base stuff was like really basic. It's just like, okay, this is the outline of it and we gonna roll with this. And then when things start to happen, like we adjust, adjust. Um, and that's how a lot of the earlier projects just and, and they're just there's just more complicated anyway because of the IP rights, I feel, um, because they give, you know, give their holders or, or their collectors th- those rights. Um, it just makes everything more complicated for them. And then you got to think adding a token in and like all that other good stuff that, that they have going on. Tina, did you want to go ahead then? Oh, oh my God. Now so much time has passed. I forgot what Steve's question was about. What we were talking about, about China. Oh, I was just I saying, is, is there an op with knowing that the, well, China is a, is a big consumer? Because I'm, I'm not as in on, in on the ins and outs of the fashion world and how it relates to China and the United States. But I was just saying, knowing that the China's GDP relative to the world is the same as the United States is there an opportunity for digital collectibles or moving that forward within the United States uh, to make it work? And maybe that's actually an opportunity. Like maybe it's a, it's a feature, not a bug potentially to, to move business around. I could be like way off though. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got you. Sorry. I was just listening in and there were so many interesting points being made. So I kind of lost my train of thought because I was just processing what everyone had to say. Um, yeah. So, I mean, actually I am Korean American, but lived in Hong Kong, China and Macau for the last 10 years and just moved back stateside. And, um, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier in terms of like, even with e-commerce, I mean, if you're talking about with China, the, the only challenge, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the challenge and the opportunity. The challenge is the government. And um, Twitter's not owned by China, so it's okay for now for me to say this. Hopefully I won't get banned. Um, but basically the issue is the government. If they decide to put in a regulation in place, they could literally shut down a country like literally shut down the country if we look at it from the pandemic perspective, right? Or even um, I was doing business in Korea at one point and um, they shut down all of group travel uh, from China into Korea. And they did that because Korea has a longstanding history with the U.S. And so because, um, you know, there's the government, the military, um, you know, relationship, uh, they asked Korea to donate a piece of land. And so Korea, which is from one of the big conglomerates, which is Lotte, which is like a giant conglomerate um, for shopping malls uh, and a lot of hotels and a lot of different uh, products. And they donated a golf course and they built this um, like sod tracking system where you could look at the missile and all the infrared and all that kind of stuff into China. So basically due to that, China hit back Korea, not necessarily the US, but what they did was basically ban tourism because most of the tourists from China were actually going to Korea because of K-pop, Korean fashion and cosmetics and things like that. So that literally shook the whole environment in terms of you know how business was done, how duty-free was done. Because if you're talking about the amount of capital these people have, y'all, like I'm not even joking, like because I worked in Macau um, at one point as well. And um, I had businesses within, um, you know, various casino properties like the Nation and City of Dreams. And when you see people rolling in and they're paying you in RMB cash, which could be equivalent to about like maybe 10 US dollars or something like that. And they're paying you in stacks. 
Um, and a lot of it is either coming from gaming or you don't really even know where that stuff is coming from and you're using cash machines, right? But then the other thing is, is that, you know, digital is another way to move money around, but there is tracking. So, I mean, the blockchain is transparent, but we're even talking about, you know, whether or not China is okay with the blockchain. That's a huge challenge in terms of what that looks like. And they don't even want to talk about NFTs, like they're calling it collectibles, right? But then on the flip, when you think about it with the bigger brands, I mean, I think that would be an easier, um, you know, opportunity for them to partner and to go into markets like China. But I mean, I'm not going to name, sorry, I'm trying to figure out what I can actually share. But for example, there are giant luxury houses and they will literally hire people and they're considered quote unquote blue blood. And what that means is they have ties to the government and different, um, you know, enterprises. And what they do is basically they move and shake doors for you and they allow you to shake hands so that you can get business deals done. Um, It still exists in other parts of the world, but you may not outsource this kind of person and have it kind of on the books. But if luxury brands are doing it, you know they're doing it because otherwise they can't actually get into the great wall of China to actually get into the market. Sorry, I just kind of went off on like this huge, um, you know, exploration of this target or this topic. But I mean, like literally if uh, a product is popular either through Korean pop or um, some celebrity or whatever, that thing is sold out. And literally you have people buying in droves and people with their suitcases or people abroad, you know, in Italy or US or wherever it is, buying up the masses and actually having businesses to ship it back to China so that they could actually sell it. Or people, you know, even in smaller, you know, quantities, we call them Daigo, and they will literally take their suitcases, buy massive amounts of luxury goods. They'll still have the certification in there, but they'll remove all the packaging so they can pass through customs. So, I mean, again, this is more like, I mean, I come from the fashion beauty industry, but that's that sort of example. But there's so many ways that I feel like Asia is completely untapped. I mean, Hong Kong is definitely, you know, very much about the blockchain right now. There's a lot going on in that market. That's where, you know, I've been for the last 10 years. And obviously, South Korea as well, there's a lot going on. But China in particular, there's opportunity. But I think when it comes to government and regulation, this is where it becomes very dicey and very hairy. So I think for a lot of the Web2 brands that have relationships, it can actually pull strings, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I think that would be the way that they actually get into the market and reach the droves. But I mean, you know, everyone's using their phone. All the business is being done through WeChat, which is an equivalent of like WhatsApp or, or iMessage. Like people don't even use email anymore. Like you will literally have to go through 5,000 voice memos on WeChat because no one's trying to send you anything via email. Like, I mean, the way that they do business is just very, very different than um, in the U.S. and the Western world. And uh, I'll stop at this point. <laughs> Money mom, jump on in. Yeah, so I, I wanted to comment on that um, in collectible. So I don't know what the, like, if there's, like, a bad, like, uh, is that bad to call NFTs collectibles? Because that's, you know, I know, you know, digital asset is is one of them. But it, it essentially is, like, something that you collect. So it's a collectible. So I wouldn't even say, like, that's, you know, a horrible thing for it to be categorized as. I, I, and I then you said what? I, I like it. I wish we would all stop talking about NFTs personally. Yeah, I, think I mean, it's, I, I mean, like seriously, because it like it has a massive branding issue right now. Like, it does. It, 
that that's why it's and I'm just gonna finish and and let you guys go. But that's why a lot of it is on a thin line of being um, considered a security. Um, that's why it's like vagueness, like when you talk about taxes and stuff like that. But like if it's a if it's a collectible, like I think I I feel like collectibles should be treated like any other collectible, like a baseball card. Like when you go to a, a pawn store, you buy something or you you sell and trade it. I think it should be more looked at like that than a security, but that's just my opinion. And anytime the government steps in, um, is always a problem. Like I think they haven't done it to the extent over here yet because they're trying to find a way to use it themselves and incorporate it. Because they see that it's a new thing and like people are moving towards it. So instead of like regulating it to the point of like it's just super uh, legal, like you gotta you know you, you gotta pay like all these fees and stuff because that's what we're used to, right? Like we like everything's regulated. You gotta pay a fee for everything, like to live basically. So instead of coming out that way, the the different approach would be, um, and I heard it somewhere, would be making the U.S. currency a cryptocurrency and then, like, um, we already know NFTs can be any, like, um, any digital file. So taking all of our records and taking everything that's paper and turning it into NFTs, but then, you know... Letting us onboard each other, basically, like, oh yeah, this is a cool thing, like this is real cool. Okay, now all the money is going to be controlled by NF, you know, by by tokens, and you know, then the government, like the transparency. At first, I was like, it's worth. They're not going to be on board with it because they don't want to be transparent. They don't want you to see anything. But like when you think about the government, like everything is right there for you to see. You literally can go look up records, and you know, you, you got to have access to those things. But it's it's really transparent as well. So the transparency wasn't the problem it's really uh control with them so they're trying to figure out a way that they can incorporate it so that it can control the masses just like everything else that they do yeah money mom just real quick for that nft comment that was specifically for um china uh, but I, i'm with you on the whole like you know collectibles and you know i think for for the greater population it definitely uh, makes it a lot more palatable and digestible when you talk about a, uh, a collectible versus nft uh, but in terms of like the transparency and the blockchain and the issue with China, if you think about the way that the government operates, I mean, like it goes 100 percent counter to what they're trying to do and how they try to control and how things are not transparent, actually. So um, this is why I mean, I think like what's going on in China, like I do have a friend who has um, you know, a business there uh, that's crypto, which I don't really want to talk too much about. But, um, you know, the conversation with this individual was, you know, are they planning on staying or are they going to leave? Or are they going to move to a Singapore, or Hong Kong or back to the U.S.? And all of it is literally at the whim of the government and what the regulation is, because if Beijing decides they want to change something overnight, then there you go. And I will tell you, like, uh, just one last bit is this whole conversation of extradition. Right. And I'm not sure, like uh, from my friends in the U.S. and other parts of the world, it wasn't really as publicized. But basically what extradition means is that for whatever reason, no one needs a warrant. You could get taken off the street and sent to you don't know where in the country and they will let you go whenever they feel fit. And so there's no way of actually following up, you know, with that kind of you know situation. And so if we're talking about transparency in the blockchain, again, like government wise and the way that they operate, I think it'll be really interesting. And, you know, I'm very curious to see, you know, how they're actually going to continue. And if they decide they don't like something, then they will literally shut it down. Like, for example, 
Um, and I'll, I'll just say uh, this one example with H&M. Um, H&M and Nike and a lot of other brands were speaking out against Xinjiang. And Xinjiang is a country, or not a country, sorry, an area on the western part of China, and they wanted independence. And so um, they made a comment about, you know, supporting Xinjiang. And H&M got banned from, you know, Alibaba and, um, you know, basically all the different Chinese e-commerce because, again, there's relationship to the government. And uh, I actually haven't checked with my friend recently, but even up until like this year, they weren't allowed back on. So, I mean, you know, everything that you do and say uh, really, it depends on whether or not you're actually going to be able to survive and actually do business at the end of the day. Yeah, I was talking about the United States just to clarify, and that yeah, is, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love China. I actually love China. They're hilarious to me, like, and like the stuff that they pull, like, to, no, that, not it's that it's crazy, a funny crazy. situation for the people. It's just funny as hell to me. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's such a joke. Hey, what's up? All right, I'm back. Um, oh, my she's back in now. <laughs> my church. Oh, well, you're adult, uh, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wanted to. I wanted to. Go ahead. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? That that was me. That was me. Okay. And then after you, we're gonna have Melissa go because I, I haven't yeah, heard. So yeah, like so like two two points to what we were just talking about. Like it, it can be looked at two different ways. You know, the word NFT is is in itself sort of a brand. All right, and it's also happens to be a technology. It's sort of become a thing in itself, and um about the baseball cards like that's that's great and, and as a matter of fact if i'm not mistaken the 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 federal government has ruled on exactly the securities questions with baseball cards in the past and in and, and they ruled in favor of tops i think that was that was actually and and someone that knows better correct can correct me there but the the question of securities ha has been brought up against uh tops uh who create squares of cardboard with pictures on them and they put them in a pack and they sell them to collectors the fact that a secondary market exists is is its own thing that's that's not tops all right you know they they make no claim of inherent value uh to to the product they're producing they are collectibles um i mean it's spot on now now there are differences okay you know uh baseball cards are in the purest sense uh, collectibles, whereas NFTs sort of unlock a lot of, um, you know, quote unquote utility, uh, or at least claim to. All right. And, and so it, it does start to tap into uh, the, some other issues, but um, I, I like it. But from a branding standpoint, I, I wish I wish we would all stop saying NFTs, because I, I don't think that uh, a number one NFT has a bad name uh, in in, in you know, worldwide, you know, all anybody hears about is uh, NFTs or scams as if as if the technology has a free will and can scam people. All right. Which is obviously a huge misunderstanding. Um, and very recently, um, you know, most of us probably know Reddit is taking a stab into Web3. OK, they've got, you know, they've got their own NFT platform, yada, yada. They don't talk about NFTs over there. They, they don't, they don't, they call them digital collectibles. They don't talk about it. And if you ever try to talk about NFTs on Reddit, uh, let's say for, for me in, in our gaming, uh, I went over there and typed up a, 
you know, spent 30 minutes typing up like a, a post on there and, you know, it was immediately removed only to find that they actually ban any talk of crypto or NFT whatsoever. That uh, They, they, uh, 51% or greater of Reddit users just, they hate it. All right. And, and so um, I, I wish we would just kind of start focusing on the experience. Um, I, I don't think the average person really cares much about the technology. I think the average person